Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield, or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. WD-40 into the chat room to lube us up for tonight's show because you always want to go into a show nice and smooth. You know what I'm saying? Pixie Lara, Annie Svensson has returned. Well, look at that. Look at that. Annie Svensson. Good to have you back, Annie. That brings a smile to my face. Johnny Yuma, what's happening? Lord Buckethead the third. Welcome to SOR chat. Buckethead, great former guitarist of Guns N' Roses, replaced by Ron Bumblefoot Thal, who does all of our music. Imagine that. Buckethead to Bumblefoot to SOR. The lovely and talented Kira, thank you for joining us. And uh, JSCO, nice to see you. Jenny White Bear, we love you. And hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. John Houchin, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, I think that's it. Hey, guys, uh, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. And if you're new, hit subscribe, ring that bell. The SOR Space Travelers Club is open for just five bucks a month. And here we go. Horns up. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on Patreon. The SOR Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bubblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a great show of weirdness tonight high strangeness Olaf Phillips is going to kick things off talking about his new book with Alan Greenfield which is called Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed we're going to learn all about this momentarily then in hour number three Steve Stockton brings us another spooky story from Among the Missing on YouTube and right after that Robin Haynes will be here with the Cryptid Report Legendary author Alan Greenfield and Olaf Phillips meticulously pieced together the story of the Black Lodge, blending meticulous research, esoteric knowledge, and spine-tingling encounters. As you immerse yourself into this book, 
you got to prepare yourself to be captivated by tales of uncanny occurrences, cryptid symbols, and the delicate dance between light and darkness. Yes, Greenfield and Phillips beckon you to explore the depths of the unknown where the ordinary morphs into the extraordinary and the secrets of the Black Lodge come to light. It is going to be a great book. You can find it on Amazon as we speak. Olaf Phillips, it is always a pleasure to have you back on Spaced Out Radio whenever you get the opportunity. And you're looking good in your plaid, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I picked picked a nice plaid for you today. I I always appreciate that because for people who don't know, there's two things that Olaf loves in life, Carhartt clothing (laughs) and plaid clothing. And considering yeah. Carhartt makes a lot of plaid, Olive just he, you should be a model for them. You really should. <laughs> you know, I should be sponsored by them. Why not? Why not? There's a <laughs> lot of us who should be sponsored around here. But Olive, I appreciate you coming on in, and uh, and I'm hoping that Alan hasn't fallen asleep on the East Coast. <laughs> you know, which is possible at his age. No offense. Just, no, actually, he's probably just waking up. <laughs> you know, he wakes up about now. You have a great history and relationship with Spaced Out Radio, and and I know when this book came out, you were very excited to get on here and and talk with us about it. And I want to always say, you know, publicly, Olaf, thank you for being a great friend of this show. I mean, I have learned so much from you over the years that we have been friends, and and I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate that, man. Well, look, you. I love you, Dave, and you got a great show. You've got great listeners. They ask great questions. It's always a lot of fun. I mean, I've never been on a show before where in the middle of it, you're like, dude, i got to go outside. There's like an, a UFO landing and aliens are running around. I mean, it's it's a really amazing show with an amazing host, and I love Space Star Radio. I listen to it anyway. Why? Well, I- when I'm not. <laughs> I, and and I love you for it, man. And and you know you have uh, you are you know you are a mentor to me in this field. And I know you I know you don't take compliments very well, but not real. <laughs> there, there are there are a number of people who I really look up to in this field, and and people who if I have hard questions, I know I can come to you at any time, and you and you're going to give me the straight goods on what's going on. You know, before we get into the Black Lodge, I I know you follow everything that's going on from the ufo world to the paranormal and the cryptid world and everything in between what do you think is going on with this world right now with its high strangeness and the arguing about ufos the you know the cover-ups that are going on with the cryptids and and everything like what is the big secret that's out there that we aren't supposed to know well i don't know i mean i I think that's that's the the 29 million dollar question is what are they hiding you know, it, the one thing that I've always noticed with, you know, a lot of these things is when they start talking a lot about UFOs and disclosure and all this stuff, they're covering up something. And, uh, you know, it's hard It's hard to tell what they're covering up. It, it's like everything. It's like the book even, you know, it's Needle and Haystack. I mean, it took me a year to write it because, you know, it – it's a needle in a haystack and the UAP thing is the same. But what I will tell you is that there is no disclosure coming. that they're, they're covering something up. This is to obscure and obfuscate something else that they're working on. This isn't about anybody's going to come clean and, and tell you the truth about UFOs and that Lockheed Martin has a vault and you know, this is not going to happen. Too many laws are broken. 
too too many sketchy things were done. I mean, every so often they do try genuinely. I think Bob Oshler, you know, I've talked about him before on your show. I think Bob Oshler, I think that was an attempt to maybe actually do a disclosure. But Oshler in and of himself screwed that up. You know, he started taping in then, which, you know, he it was good for him to do because then he goes on sightings and, look, the former head of the CIA wants to disclose UFO stuff. But at the same time, if you do that to a spook like that Inman, Bobby Ray Inman, former head of the CIA, he's going to disconnect and walk, and everybody who's related to it's going to walk. And all Oshler ultimately got out of it was they destroyed his credibility. So they're covering something up. I don't know what it is. My suspicion, if I had to guess, is they're covering up a new weapon system that they're they're hiding a new weapon system or multiple new weapon systems in the UAP thing. Because the DNI, the director of national intelligence, he said something very, very important. And uh, what's his name said it on, even on Skinwalker Ranch. Cause you know, they had this big reveal that he was part of the UAP thing. Right. And Tra- I like that guy, by the Travis way, Taylor, Travis Taylor. I-, I like Travis Taylor. You know, I think, he, you know, I think he's, he's a fun, interesting guy. But they both said the same thing, and they said that these UAPs emit radio frequencies. They, they emit radio signals. Now, I always go back to Occam's razor. You know, the simplest answer is probably the right one. So if I'm an alien and I come from Zeta Reticuli, you know, which is, what, 20 light years or whatever, Oh, you need Science Bob on. Get Science Bob on here. <laughs> Tell me how far Zeta Reticula is. But it's something like, I don't know, 15, tw- you know, 20 light years. They come all the way over here with this super ultra cool technology and they're broadcasting radio transmissions. It's unlikely. They're broadcasting radio transmissions because it's human. Yes. And, and you know, in this. Fact, fact, uh, if you watch Skinwalker Ranch, they always get this. I forget the exact frequency, but they always get this transmission on this frequency. And, oh, it's the aliens talking. To one no, that's actually a satellite uplink frequency. That frequency is used for, uh, for a satellite uplink for basically slow Internet over satellite. I mean, it's completely obvious what it is. And, but why would you have an alien vehicle that's sending radio transmissions? It makes no sense. Well, I mean, just listening to you speak, it really, really – Restrengthens the concrete around my idea that UAP are man-made. We don't know what we don't know what UFOs are, and they're hiding the whole UFO thing behind this stigma of uh, UAP. And you know, I, I get a lot of arguments about that, Olaf. You know, a lot of people saying, "Oh, UAP means everything in the sky yeah. and, and everything." No, everything. They're very specific. <laughs> The military and the government is very, very, very specific when they deal with things. So you would agree uh, with our stance that UAP are man-made objects and UFOs are UFOs? You know what? I'm going to try to find it somewhere deep in in my files. I have a recording of a Russian. uh, It was Russian. Russian. This is from almost 10 years ago. So set the Ukraine thing aside which I think is a, you know, I hope the Ukrainians win. But 
this there's a recording from about I would say it's about ten or fifteen years ago, and it's some sort of fighter out on the eastern frontier of Russia, and they send him after something, and this is a this is like an you know, SU thirty one high speed fourth or fifth generation fighter chasing something across the sky. And and he describes the pilot, he's obviously speaking in Russian. I got it translated. He's describing an orb that's flying out ahead of him. And he can get a radar, he can get a, a radar, you know, signature on it, but he can't get a lock and it's dodging and doing whatever. And it's screwing around with him. And every time he tries to catch up on it, you know, it'll increase in speed. It'll go up in altitude. He's at like max altitude and almost at max speed. He goes to 100% throttle to try to catch this thing and just, right? And when it took off, it didn't head up into space. It headed toward NATO. <laughs> so if I'm an alien, why am I going toward NATO? I'm going toward NATO because it's a NATO drone, <laughs> right? And this is like 10, 15 years ago. But it's the same kind of device that's described and watched in all these UAP videos and other stuff. And I think, like, you you talk about the Tic Tac and the Navy and whatever. You know, a lot of people are assuming that the Navy actually knew that the Tic Tac was coming. And I don't think so. I think they dropped the Tic Tac there and said, hey, Navy, what do you think about this? And they, they freaked out. And we got to see the military got to see the military respond to a new weapons platform. But well, I, I genuinely think it's a new weapons platform. I probably built by Lockheed. I, I don't think it's it's aliens. Well, one of the interesting things that I had a little bit of a laugh about was, you know, about a week Ooh. and a half ago, an F-35 crashed, and the pilot, oh, right. e- the pilot exactly. ejected, and they couldn't find the aircraft because it went on stealth mode. And and he lands, he, he ejects, and he lands, and he's got, he borrows his kid's cell phone and calls 911. He's all, hey, I'm a pilot. My F-35 just crashed. Yeah. So yeah, I went into cell Okay, phone so I, I got to get into this because <laughs> one, one, one of my insiders, okay, told me that out of a certain base in Nevada that we, okay. that used to not exist, okay, right. they take their technology once a month. And they do simulated bombing runs in the air on both Las Vegas and Los Angeles to see well, they do that a lot. to see if the radars around, say, Nellis Air Force Base or the radars yeah. around El Toro and all around L.A. are able to pick up these aircraft. So they I, cannot. One day I was driving through uh, North Dakota. And I was driving to South Dakota to go to, uh, was it Deadwood? South Dakota, and we're driving through the prairies. I mean, there's just nothing out there except for a Halliburton like line or something, which I thought was funny because it's Halliburton. But off to the left side, there was this weird military base, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I did some searching, and it you know they had like radar dishes on tractor trailers and whatever. It turns out that that it was actually a a target, a bombing target to simulate a military base and the, the devices on the trucks were to simulate, you know, vehicles. And so, you know, I, they, when I looked it up, they used that one for B1s and B2 bombers to uh, do bombing runs against out in the, in the fields of South, North and South Dakota. So I'm not surprised. I mean, they've been, it's pretty standard practice to use large cities as virtual targets for bombing and to see if, 
you know, if you can get detected. About 20 years ago, there was a, a recording of a guy, a pilot coming in um, from the Pacific, and he got on Oakland Air Traffic Control. And he gets on there and he tells the air traffic controller, hi, I'm an enlisted military flight. And the air traffic controller goes, okay, well, what can I do to help you? The guy says, well, you know, I've got a shock wave, a shock front, so I need to clear um, some airspace because I don't want to hurt anybody, basically. And the guy says, okay, well, how high are you? And he said, well, I'm, you know, I'm at about 90,000. And he says, okay, well, how, how big is your shock front? He said, well, I need, I need you to clear it from about 70,000 to 90,000. And the guy said, well, you understand these are commercial airliners. And he's like, yeah. He goes, well, they don't, they don't really exceed 40. <laughs> but he was, he came in from the Pacific at 90,000 feet, probably at about Mach 5, Mach 4, Mach 5. And he wasn't, he wasn't working too hard. He could go faster. You know, then there's the whole thing about the Top Gun plane. So, well, I heard about I heard about the Top Gun plane that it is not the SR seventy two or AKA the Aurora. What it is is it's a it's a it's a combination of a bunch of different black projects that have been in sight over the years. The one thing I loved about that, Olaf, and this is why I love talking to you. I could talk to you for a week straight just about this type of stuff. But the one thing that I love about, I loved about Top Gun in that scene was that they actually had the Lockheed Skunk Works skunk on the aircraft. So you know. On the throttle. When he's throttling it up. I know. I know, and and the way that they had it had it on there, I was killing myself laughing because, you know, I mean, if you take Michael Schratt's research verbatim, which Michael Schratt is incredible with his research, there is an aircraft out there that every Thursday for a while there, and this a few years ago, we probably surpassed this, would fly out of Area Fifty One on a Thursday. The last Thursday of the month, it would fly over Los Angeles, causing a 1.3 earthquake on the Richter scale, go over the Pacific, fly up the Pacific to Alaska, fly over Russia through China. So on Tuesdays, on Tuesdays, it used to come in from the west and hit the Bay Area and then hit north. And we actually clocked it out once, me and a couple of my friends. It got from San Francisco to Salem, Oregon, which is probably about an hour flight on a normal plane. It did that in 15 minutes. Then it went from Salem, Oregon to Seattle in probably another 15 minutes. So it pretty much ran three-quarters of the West Coast in under 30 minutes. Well, according to Schrant, this aircraft, whatever it was, they figure it was flying at about Mach 6, Mach 7, would fly from the Pacific up through Alaska, through Russia, China, turn around, come all the way back, through Alaska, through British Columbia, through Idaho, and down into Nevada in (laughs) under three hours, around two and a half hours. And it's flying flying at the edge of space. So you're getting up there at 90, 100,000 feet. Yeah. I mean, it's the same plane that called into Oakland Center and told them, you know, I've I've got a massive shock front because he's going Mach 5, you know, Mach 6. I've got a massive shock front. You need to clear out all the, you know, the commercial airliners because I'll give them a seriously bad day. So, I mean, this, this thing's been flying around for at least, you know, 15 years. And that's just the one we know about. 
And yeah. I believe the one you know about. Yeah, I believe it that one's considered the SR seventy five. Yeah, that that's what the tale from what I've heard from Michael Schratt and uh, Jim Goodall and others. But I mean it's it's an incredible, incredible piece of history. It just kind of makes you wonder. What is really out at Area 51, man? We know the aliens aren't there, okay? But it just makes you wonder how many squadrons of aircraft, like even jet fighter aircraft, do they have based out there? Well, the jet fighters are are all at Nellis. They use them for the aggressor squadrons and other stuff. I'll tell you what what I do know. From what I've seen, I think there's some really good engineers at Area 51 and at Tonopah. They're really good. And I think that when people, you know, especially the whole Ukraine conflict, you know, I see a lot of people on, on Twitter that are talking, you know, talking about how we have crappy equipment and, you know, our stuff doesn't work and no, it, it, it works. It works very well. We have very good engineers, you know, I mean, the Canadian air force has been flying F-18s for quite a long time, very successfully with not a lot of accidents. They're very fast. They're very good planes, you know, We've been selling. We've been flying F twenty twos and F thirty fives. I mean, the F thirty five crash. We couldn't find it because it was in stealth mode. I mean, it's a testament. So I, I think that there are a lot of naysayers that minim, mar, minimize and marginalize the mm-hmm. the achievements of the you know of people like Lockheed, Boeing, Phantom Works, Lockheed Skunk Works. Oh and yeah, others. they're good. They're good. I mean, their engineers are really good. One of one of my insiders told me one day you know, we were talking about you know the the Russian stealth aircraft. I believe they only have like eighteen in in fleet right now, and then the Chinese have their stealth aircraft. And I said, "Are you guys worried about those?" And he laughed at me. He goes, "Dave, we were flying stealth fighters in the seventies." Oh yeah, he goes. We're flying in the sixties. Yes, our certainly was a stealth fighter. He goes. What do you think we are flying now? We've already we've already flown past stealth technology. He goes. Right, you're you're flying a seventh, sixth, or seventh generation stealth aircraft. I mean, hear that? That's the sound of your money slacking. Make it work harder for you at Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. Featuring high-yield certificates of deposit with just a $500 minimum deposit. Like 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield. And 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt branch or go to sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. And in the late fifties is when Oxcart, the A twelve, came out. Yes. You know, it had a it had a a radar absorbent shell, you know, and that was in the late fifties, early sixties. So you're probably talking seventh, eighth, ninth generation stealth fighter at this point. Absolutely. And we're not going and remember, we're not gonna see those aircraft for at least another fifteen, twenty years. If That's that probably, if that. If you ever see them. That's right. I mean, it, it always reminds me, Olaf, of, of the $5 billion Navy blunder. 
where the they wanted to replace the F-A-18s and the F-14s right. with a, a, a winged aircraft, like a mini version of the B-2, but in fighter mode. And then, right. and then all of a sudden, Dick Cheney killed the contract at the last minute and $5 billion to, I believe it was Lockheed or, or McDonnell Douglas, all of a sudden just went poof. And nobody right. ever knew if those fighters existed. And we still don't I'm know sure if they, they exist today. I'm sure they do. Do you got any more info on that story? No, eh? I don't know anything from anybody. Oh, that's <laughs> one of the ones you can't talk about. No, I mean, it's, you know, I, I try to observe the rules of secrecy, which is, I don't, you know, I'm not part of that, so don't tell me. <laughs> I have to be careful. I mean, I, you know, I got enough Black Lodge problems. Well, when you know, we- I don't, I don't want to know about things I'm not supposed to know about. I mean, it's something that I have to do and you just have to yeah so for people who don't know you actually do have to sign ndas for the job that you have where you cannot talk about certain subjects and nor investigate certain subjects for the sake of your career that's correct (laughs) yeah and and one of the most important things is that you know if i wasn't told about it then you know i mean if it's on the internet and it's public that's different but i don't do insiders i don't want to know (laughs) Well, but there's a lot, you know, I'll tell you something, you know, open source intelligence has really come a long way, you know, and when you look at some of these photos of these aircraft that are flying, especially the triangular ones, you know, when you look at a photo, you can tell a hell of a lot about that plane. And, you know, one of the things that I was able to determine very quickly about this, this triangular aircraft that's been flying for about 15 years now. And it, it, I know for sure, because I checked the trajectory, it flew across the Atlantic and over Russia, over China, and then came back via Alaska. They use an aerospike. It's right there in the photo. Hold it right there, because we do have to go to break. More on aviation. And what's the Black Lodge all about? Olaf Phillips is here on Spaced Out Radio. We will be right back right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. Remember, our YouTube audience can hear us. Hello, YouTube audience. How long do I have? You got uh, five minutes, buddy. Okay, give me one minute. All right, I'll put you in the green room there. How are we doing, everyone? That was a fun first half hour, wasn't it? When I think of hunting, I think Dick Cheney, too. There's a guy I wouldn't go hunting with. By the way, uh, just so everybody knows, Kira has been working her butt off on the email uh, over the last couple of days to sort out uh, the hotels and our accommodations for the third annual SOR fan party, which we are holding in Reno, Nevada, later in 2024, May 10th through 12th. And as soon as we get everything locked up with the Silver Legacy in El Dorado, we are going to put it on out there for you guys to go book your rooms as of right now. 
and uh, that way you can confirm that you're going to be with us throughout that weekend. It's going to be great. Uh, we've got a lot of things planned. I talked to Merle today. Uh, he is uh, going to be getting on the um, ghost tour that he is going to be conducting down there. Uh, we're going to have sky watches. We are going to have uh, the live radio show, a VIP party. I believe Olaf Phillips is going to be joining us in Reno as part of our, our fan party. So that'll be uh, really good. And Olaf has given the thumbs up to that. Uh, so make sure you got those dates down May 10th through 12th, 2024 at uh, Reno, Nevada for the SOR Fan Party, the third annual. And we're going to bring a bunch of special guests in for you. We know Geraldine Orozco is coming. We know Jim Goodall has confirmed. Merle is going to be there. Our entire Spaced Out Radio team is going to be there. And it's going to be an absolute blast. we got a lot more people to invite. Science Bob is going to be there. I believe Michael Masters might come, uh, which will be a blast. So we're going to have a bunch of people there hanging on out with us. And, you know, we want all of you to be able to to uh, take advantage in, of, of the fun that it is. So make sure you put that on your calendar. I know Tim Mothman and his goatee are going to be there. Yeah, both of them. And the, the goatee, by the way, does sign autographs. So make sure you're there. And uh, we want to say thank you to T-Bone for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Hello, Pink Volo. Hi, Word Oneist. And uh, let's see here. Witchy in New Zealand. How you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. And, um, yeah. When Kira put, I'm going to tell you something about Kira. Okay, this, you guys know her as Miss Peace, Love, and Light, and full of love on our channel. But Kira is a dogged, dogged businesswoman who kicks ass and makes sure that she gets what she wants. And she is amazing at putting this together. She wants to make sure that it is the best venue for all of you guys to have fun, for all of us as a team to have fun. So there's no stress. It's a it's a weekend of fun. The VIP party that she put together last year was absolutely amazing in Las Vegas. And you know what? For those of you who come, make sure you go give Kira a big hug and say thank you for everything that she does for SOR and, and putting the, the annual party together because she works her tail off to make sure that everybody has a good time. And I'm so thankful that Kira is a part of our team and, and everything. So thank you, Kira, for everything that you're doing for SOR and our fans. Hi, Scrub-a-Dub-Dub. Thank you for joining us. And who else has uh, jumped on in here? Um, oh, Sam Sheeran. I actually saw a triangular formation of lights and craft over LA in 2012 with two friends. That is awesome. You got to tell that when you're on the show, Sam. Well, Sam's coming on the show in a couple weeks. And uh, we'll get him to tell that story for sure. And uh, yeah, he's a He's a really good artist. Yeah, he's an incredible artist. Amazing work. Yeah. Nobody should have that much talent in drawing. And yet he's got the talent of like 20 people. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. TMI, how yeah, you doing? <laughs> Sorry, I'll put myself back on mute. Oh, no worries. We got like 15 seconds. Don't forget, Aaron Heisner, how you doing, buddy? 
Good to see you. By the way, that's that's Bolskeen at South by Loch Ness. When you're talking about Crowley's uh, house out by Loch Ness. Beautiful. Bolskeen. Here we go, everybody. Turn down like three times. Here we go with the second half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Let's get mystic, shall we? Thank you so much for tuning us in. My name is Dave Scott, your host for the night to take you down the paranormal woo trail. All right, I want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can download this podcast at any major podcast network. You go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and every podcast network in between. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And don't forget to join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go. Olaf Phillips is here. And right before the break, we were talking about weird flight that's out there. And Olaf, I don't want to spend too much more on this because I literally will waste the entire two hours on aviation. You and I have had four, five, six hour phone calls just talking about airplanes over the years. And, uh, you know, the idea of the, the question that I have for you before we end this, because you said this in the first half hour that you think that the whole UAP subject is about a bunch of secrets, has nothing to do with UFOs, aliens, or any type of ET contact. You know, I look at it this way. I believe there are a lot of secrets that the United States government is keeping regarding UFOs, NASA being the biggest liar of them all, okay? And I can say that. I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but I can say that. And I look at it like this. I think the U.S. government is worried about a couple of things. Number one, how are people going to react to knowing we're not alone? And number two... That if we ever, as a society, find out what our governments actually do know about UFOs and ET contact, they're opening themselves up to a lot of lawsuits and a lot of angry citizens, my man. What is your thoughts on that? Okay, you're unmuted. Yeah, so, you know, I would disagree with you about NASA. I think that NASA is actually... I don't think they're lying. I think they're telling you what they know. And I think that, that they're upfront about what they know. And I think they get surprised a lot. And I think that they're not really part of the program. And so I don't, I don't, I mean, there are probably some people within NASA that know that are lying, but I, I would say that NASA is a pretty upfront operation. And I think they're probably telling you what they know. Now that being said, I don't think they know. anything. Oh, dude. I will highly disagree with you on that one, my man. Well, I mean, I would say there, I would say there are elements within it, because you have to remember is that you're talking about NASA. That's a big operation, right? Yes. You're talking about planetary sciences and people sending you know stuff to here or there. I think for the most part, those guys have no idea. I do think at some level they do. Sure, higher up, yeah, I'm sure they do. But it, you know, 
when you look at STS 48, you know, are, are you, is the, the guy following the thing because he knew it was coming or did he see it and go, Oh my God, what is that? I think there's a lot of, Oh my God, what is that? Well, I, I think maybe in today's standards, there might be a little bit of that, but the problem that we have is we know photographs have been scrubbed. We, oh yeah, no, I'm not we, saying they're not. There we, are tons we, of photos on the moon that were scrubbed. I think they've I think they've completely misrepresented like huge chunks of Mars. If anybody ever read the first book I, I ever really wrote, this the Secret Space Age, you know, I pretty much concretely prove that that there's stuff on Mars. <laughs> I mean, you know. Well, so, no, I true agree. enough. True enough. All right. Well, let's move on here, my man, because I want to get into the I'm Black the, Lodge. I, hold on, hold on. I want to preface it. Okay. I don't think the engineers and the scientists are lying to you. I think some of the leadership is. But Absolutely. these are appointees, right? And I think that sometimes they have a special group within them, within that place that they call upon to go scrub photos or to misrepresent things. And, you know, you can see, cause the, you know, I love Hoagie Hoagland, but one thing Hoagland was very right about was that the, the align, these celestial alignments and the names of the vehicles and the timings of things. And, you know, there is definitely a pattern to how they launch, you know, rockets and what they name the missions, and, you know, and that, that's coming from on high. Right. I think that when you talk about normal NASA, you know, you're talking about satellites and, and taking pictures of the earth and bouncing lasers off the moon. I think that stuff's all totally legit. But I think the the upper leadership, absolutely. I would totally agree. Well, as I've said to our audience, I said NASA needs to check their closets before they yeah. go speaking publicly. There's too but much think- there's too much information from Mercury from Gemini and Apollo, the X-15 oh, yeah. missions, the, there's recordings, there's audio, there's transcripts but, but of everything. That's true about every, about every governmental organization. They need to check their closets because, you know, there it's, there's a lot of shady. Very true. Speaking yeah. of shady, there's a lot of mysticism out there and a lot of secret societies out there. That and I know this is your passion, okay? Right. Is all of these secret ciphers, secret cults, secret uh, groups, you know, that are out there that are, you know, that people really don't recognize as as part of everyday life for the most part, but they have a big pull on what's going on. And this is what led you to Alan Green, you and Alan Greenfield, to write your latest book together. Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed, which can be found on Amazon as we speak. Ola, first and foremost, introduce our audience to what the Black Lodge is all about. So, you know, I've I've really contemplated how to do this. Like in the book is one thing, because I have an infinite number of pages to explain what I mean. So I think the fastest, easiest way to explain it is that there's a notion of the light and the dark. You might think of the light as the Jedi Knights. You might think of the dark as the Sith. And I think that the the archetype of the of the Sith is very much the Black Lodge, what they're like. That they they are the bad balance to the good. So the Black Lodge are the ones that are 
are doing bad things. They're the ones that are out there causing trouble. They're the ones that are out there breaking things and, and siphoning things. And, you know, they're, they're the bad guys, so to speak. That's probably the easiest way to explain. Okay. So where are they located and how does, how does one learn about this group? So where they're located is really difficult because they're decentralized. They're like terrorists. They, they function in cells. They don't, there is no black lodge that you can like drive up to and you show your card at the gate and they wave you through. It doesn't exist. They, they function in small autonomous cells that are, they're adepts. You know, we're talking about like magic here, right? So you have to think in terms of their adepts, their, their maguses, their, magical practitioners and they were on the good side. They report up to say the secret chiefs. And I remember we had an experience with the secret chiefs, right? I'm sure you'll never forget that. Well, that's the secret chiefs. That that's the good side, right? But on the flip side, you have the dark side and there's an equivalency equivalent ascended masters that control the black lodge. Although one of the elements of the black lodge is a lack of ascendancy. There, you can't really ascend to become a, an ascended master. But they, they're all individual and autonomous. In fact, it's usually just a couple guys, a couple people, you know, in there. And really what they specialize in, for the most part, at the lower levels, is infiltrating other groups. And oh. as far as, you know, where to start looking, the first place you start looking is Moonchild, written by Crowley, because the book itself is about the Black Lodge and the White Lodge fighting, and they're fighting over a Moonchild. And the, the book Moonchild was actually the archetype for, basically it was the instruction manual for uh, for Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard and Marjorie Cameron to go out in the desert and do the Babylon working. But I contend in the book that the Babylon working was actually affected by the Black Lodge. But the basis of what they did in the Babylon working comes from a book called Moonchild. And in Moonchild, it's about a war between the good guys, the good magicians and the bad magicians. So that's where you start to learn more. But like Blavatsky wrote, you know, and I put it into the book, there's a huge section about Blavatsky's writings about the Black Lodge. And you, you start to, it's like threads. You start to pull on threads everywhere. And you start to get, get things. In fact, one interesting thing is that there was a guy, he's a, he was Canadian fact he was out of toronto and i you must know who i'm talking about right uh out of toronto not stanton friedman no no not victor vigiani gary bell okay gary bell the spaceman okay what about him do you you know no No, it's not familiar to me I, i apologize okay so, so Gary Bell, the spaceman, he had a show in, on, in Toronto called View from Space. And he would basically rant for about three hours. He never took phone calls. He, never, he, would, he would only accept emails, but he'd just rant for three hours. During one of his shows, he exposed what he believed was an Illuminati uh, numerology system. The more I looked into it, that numerology system is actually the Black Lodge. It's their numerology system. So you, you, where you find the info answering your question is all over the place. 
hidden in nooks and crannies. You have to just kind of figure it out. But the starting point is Moonshot. Okay, so is this Black Lodge, you know, is it like a skull and bones where you have to be a part of a private club that's kind of in, you're invited into or indoctrinated into because of your level of wealth or your family's history or, or you know, your family's lineage? How, how does this work? Well, it's diabolical in nature. And, and meaning, you know, are they devil worshipers? I don't know. Maybe, but but they're diabolical. If you take the word diabolical for its meaning, right? And <clears throat> they, it's the kind of thing where they want to join, and then the Black Lodge will come to them. Members of the Skull and Bones are probably members of the Black Lodge. Some of them, right? You know, I'm now that I've written this book, I'm I'm writing another book on the the fact that I think what we believe is the Illuminati is actually the Black Lodge, right? So it's it's not like a physical place that you go to and they make you sleep in a... Sunbelt Federal Credit Union has special deals on certificates of deposit. For 10 months, you could get a return of 5.27% annual percentage yield. And Sunbelt offers an amazing 5.33% annual percentage yield for 18 months. Visit a Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location today or learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. $500 minimum deposit. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. Coffin with a skull it's different it's worse than that it's far worse than that but they they come to you because you invite them in you have to you have to invite them in you have to request it is that on a spiritual level or on a physical level where you type out a cover letter in a resume? I mean, like, I, I don't mean to say, sound foolish No, no, here. no, no, it's a good question. It's, um, it's on a spiritual level to begin with, but it is very much on a physical level. Because one of the hallmarks of the, the Black Lodge is, again, this lack of ascendancy. That one, of the, the thing, one of their key objectives is to stop spiritual evolution. Right is to stop people from attaining spiritual knowledge. In in magic, there's this concept of the abyss that you cross the abyss and you meet the you know the guardian of the abyss. And when you are done crossing the abyss, you you know you elevate, you you kind of um, ascend. And their their whole point is to stop everybody from from getting to the abyss. They want you to. Be dumb and stupid down on the earth, <clears throat> and then they try to control you. And then they infiltrate various organizations. You know, we we wrote some about the the uh, was it the cult of the nine angles, which is a neo Nazi cult, the solar lodges. You know, there's some evidence that that uh, Parsons' own lodge was infiltrated by Sarah Northrup. 
um, the fraternitas attorney, you know, the, there's a bunch of them that, where it, it appears that they've infiltrated. And they take their rituals are brought in from other groups. Like the fraternitas attorney was originally, you know, when the Crowley or Crowley, <clears throat> Crowley, um, they're trying to take control that there was a fracturing, you know, and the fraternitas attorney, they went with the Crowley side, but they kind of went towards attorney and magic, which is more on the Luciferian left-handed path. But it's, um, yeah. <laughs> Did that answer your question? It seems a lot deeper than when most of us can really comprehend regarding secret societies and 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 the life that goes on behind them and how they are. This is behind them. This is very much behind the secret. If you want to think about the skull and bones or, you know, the solar lodges or whatever, these are the people that sit behind it. That's why I contend that they are actually what we perceive to be the Illuminati is actually the Black Lodge. That's probably the best way for for you to kind of visualize it is to take <clears throat> Illuminati and pull it out and put in Black Lodge. Okay. They're the power brokers behind everybody else, well, and nobody sees them. In fact, if you're part of a magical organization, you know, when Greenfield was part of the OTO, he went back to them and said, Hey, I want to know about this Black Lodge thing. And they're like, read Moonchild and then shut up because we don't talk about it. Okay, so how did you get on the path of this? I think trying to figure out how to say it. (laughs) Um, I think it's I wanted to know who I was dealing with. Is probably the, the simplest answer that we can we see the outward manifestation of all these things, but who's really calling the shots? And I think that one night when I was listening to the, a view from space, it catalyzed it for me. That. You know, here I've been listening to this guy, and seriously, he goes on for three or four hours, and there's no gas. He just rants. And, you know, I used to fall asleep to it sometimes. And this one night he was talking about the numerical system, and I it dawned on me. It's like that's not an Illuminati system. It, that's the Black Lodge. And I want to know who these people are because it's the, you know, the book that, that we wrote, it's the only book that exists like it. There is nothing else that actually talks about the Black Lodge. I mean, you'll, you know, there's, there's a book called Black Lodge of Santa Cruz, which is about a, a lodge that was infiltrated. But there's nobody who actually talks about the people who do the infiltrating. And I think it was just some of Alan's stories about, you know, hopefully he'll get on here. He's got a story about the, he calls him like the Charles Manson guy that he met. And it's like, you know, Rarely, if you like magic stuff and you're interested in magical studies, on occasion, you'll bump into somebody from the Black Lodge. And when you do, you know it. You know, you've got the thing on, we can we can remote view and send dark energy. You know, that, trust me, I've been hit by waves of it as I completed the book. But that, when you meet somebody who's actually a card-carrying member, 
you know it, you can feel it. It's, yeah, it's unreal. Just the anger and negativity is insane. Have you met anybody from this lodge? I'm sure I have. I've met people from time to time where you just, it's, it's not like getting a negative vibe. It's worse than that. I mean, I know, I know for a fact that on a, on the ethereal plane, I have, I have interacted with them. I know for a fact I have, because you can tell, you know, that I had one, one person basically kick me out. They, you know, when you do things like that, it's, it's a kind of trance that you use to enter it. At least how I do it. There's a variety of methods depending on, you know, which, which system you follow. I'm more of the chaos kind. So I have a specific way to do it. I got ejected. Like I fully got ejected out of the ethereal plane. Anybody who does that kind of stuff, they'll understand what I mean when I got said, I got kicked out. So, yeah, I mean, I met them. I met them in person too. I mean, you can tell (laughs) they're very bad. (laughs) <laughs> they're very evil. <laughs> they're probably the most evil, evil people but that why, you can imagine. Why even mess with this? If it's that dangerous, why even mess with it? I think because they've existed in the shadows for so long that they they take for granted the fact that they can manipulate people. And I think sometimes when you have something like that, you have to shine a light on it. And, you know, at various points in my life, this, you know, I, I do, my, my cosmology is very complicated, right? But I do believe in the secret chiefs. I mean, I've communed with the secret chiefs. I've communed with an archangel. It sounds crazy, but I'm sure many people on here have probably done that. You know, I've seen the Akashic record, but I think I was always told that there was something else that I was supposed to do. And, and I think there are two things that I was supposed to do. One I haven't done yet, and that's going to take some time. But I think that this was the other. And I think that the way that you, you change the world is to shine a light on the bad. And so we had the, the balls, the bravery, the courage to shine the light on the bad. That and a lot of the the LBRP, uh, the archaic method that uh, Greenfield found in some ancient texts, it's far more powerful than a normal one. But uh, a lot of LBRP to protect my friends and my family, my dogs. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of a lot of protective work before I started. But even then, you know, I've I've had some bad things happen while I was doing it that I think are directly attributable to the black lodge, but now it's out. So give us an example of something like that as we got about 90 seconds. Well, it's, it's just everything going wrong. I mean, it's just like you go into a situation and it's like the worst possible thing that could go wrong goes wrong. And it's not, you know, there it's like, there's a 5% chance that, that the generator could explode when you turn it on. Well, the day I turn it on, it, I got that 5% and it blows up. You know, it, it's just 
nightmares, not being able to sleep, you know, entities, you know, invading your dreams or, you know, when you're in certain places, like my house is a fortified against this stuff, you know, but if I go out to Walmart, you know, it's not fortified. And I, I, I walked past a person once in Walmart and it was like, I got the dread, just a complete dread. And as I walked past, you know, they, they walked past me and then they stopped and they, they glared at me and then walked on. And it's like, well, you don't know me from a hole in the ground, you know, that's all kinds. I mean, Greenfield had a more direct experience than what I've had, but I've had, you know, the strange people walking by and kind of glaring at you and just getting that kind of sense of evil and the, the dream invading the dreams and waking me up at 3am every day and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Olaf, when we come back from the break, we're going to get in depth with what the black lodge is trying to do out there, how they're trying to affect humanity and so much more with Olaf Phillips tonight as he and Alan Greenfield have a very controversial book out called The Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed. Is this the Illuminati? Is it more? Is it less? Does it truly exist? We will find out with Olaf Phillips when we return on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned, everyone. Lots more show coming up right after the break. It's hard to explain. <laughs> it is. It is. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The the one in Walmart that was that was crazy. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. But you got to shine a light on it, man. That's how you make bad things go away. Is you, you if if you got if you go down the basement, there's a lot of cockroaches. You shine a light on them, and they all run away. And so that's Good. I think what what we're hoping. Right, right. Uh, Shadow Time Writer, the it, it, you're trying to use a an entire society of Ukrainian people for those who were uh, and and compare them to those that were uh, adopted as fighters for Hitler. They're two di- entirely separate entities, and I say this as a proud Ukrainian. Okay, where my great grandfather had to run away from the country at 15 years old because the Bolsheviks came in and killed his brother and they were targeting anybody or any boy under the age of 20 to murder them. Okay, if you cannot separate the two, yes, there was a battalion of of horrid, horrid Ukrainians that uh, decided to join old Adolf there. Okay. Well, I think that there's a very important thing to say, right? Is that somebody invaded their country and they don't all have to agree on, on religion or politics or anything else. They're trying to defend their country. And it, 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 somebody attacks your country in that moment. I don't think they're thinking about that kind of politics. I think they're thinking about being Ukrainian. That being said, I don't agree with the beliefs of the Azov Battalion, but. They're all Ukrainians, and I think that right now, when they're being invaded by a superpower of the world, you know, I think they're just trying to be Ukrainians. So, but they're two different things. Yeah, 
Sorry, but uh, the Ukrainian argument isn't going to work here. As far as what happened in Canadian politics the other day, it is a it is an absolute disgusting feat. I'm disgusted at being a, at our at our Canadian Parliament for that that they would let that slip through. I do believe that Huskin uh, should be uh, uh, sent over to Poland to to serve trial. Okay, uh, because of the atrocities that he um, that he uh, committed. Okay, but there's a lot more to it than just no. It's not all linked. See, that's the problem when you go down the Wu way, way past Wu Central. That's where you start combining things with everything. Okay, it's not combined. Okay, the fact is that uh, the Ukrainian people were invaded by Russia, and they are fighting against Russia for that. Okay, you may not like uh, uh, Zelensky. You may not like what's gone on, but the 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 Nazis of yesteryear. Okay, well, no, I, I have to. Right? I got to, Olive. I got to be real careful with you. What I say on YouTube here, so I don't get flagged. Okay, but the the Nazis of yesteryear, going back to World War II. Okay are much different than what humans call Nazis today, okay? According to Justin Trudeau, I'm a Nazi because, and a, and a, and a supremacist and a, and a, um, and a uh, misogynist, that's the word I'm looking for, because I am uh, someone who asks questions, Okay, I'm someone who who uh, has a political side that that is uh, highly different from what his is. Okay, and people today throw around that N word like it's candy just because you disagree. Oh, you must be a Nazi. No, that's not how it works. Not how it works at all. Okay, and I hate that word. I hate the fact that it keeps up coming up in conversation, and that people throw it around uh, just as horribly as they did with the other bad N word back in the '50s, '60s, '70s, even up to today. Okay, I, I'm sick of it. Okay, Dave, this is the Black Lodge. This is how they function. You want an example? This is. Ex- I'm not saying the guy's Black Lodge member, but there are so. Delusional. But Shadow Time Writer, what I'm telling you right now, there are no real Nazis today. They're wannabes, okay? They're wannabes, okay, from, from and that's, that's the issue that I'm saying. And a lot of people today continue to try and blend what happened in 1939 through 1945 with what is happening in 2023. All right? So... That is my political target. No more Nazi talk. No more Ukrainian talk. This is why we don't talk politics in our chat room. Because we all get fired up and now I'm... I understand we just had one in Parliament. I told you that. See, now you're trying for aha katcha moments. I don't do aha katcha moments. Okay? That's what you're trying to do right now. Okay, I know Yaroslav Hanka. I'm Canadian. I've been following this. Okay, it's an embarrassment to our country. I even said that a, a couple minutes ago. I mean, you got to get your ankles out of your ears, man, if you want to listen. All right. 
No, I did not say they didn't exist. Nay, now you're pulling. Aha, caught you moments again. You have to go. You have to go with what the full sentence is, not just what you hear. Okay, now I'm pissed off. Hi, Olaf. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So this is what I'm talking about. This is you want examples of how the black lots work. Three seconds, buddy. Hold on. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Carencia. Carencia is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join us on our Space Travelers Club. Just head on over to Patreon. Let's do this thing. We got Olaf Phillips tonight on Spaced Out Radio. He's got a brand new book out with Alan Greenfield, and it's called The Secrets of the Real Black Lodge. It can be found on Amazon right now. Olaf, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. You know I love the show. So. Well, I know you do, and your beard and your plaid Carhartt shirt say everything's <laughs> the same as well. Very much appreciate it. So, I'm a pretty good sponsor. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, because we started to get in pretty deep here uh, with the Black Lodge and what it's all about. Where did it start? Do we even know? Is there a start date to this? Does it go back to the days of Christ? Does it go back further? Oh, it goes back to the very dawn of, of humanity. I mean, I think it goes back to the, you know, they're the negative versus the positive. So I think that they've always existed. And, you know, humans are corruptible. So I think as long as there have been humans, there have been ways to corrupt them. You know, somebody uh, earlier had said something about the, the devil, you know, tries to pose as a as an angel of light. Well, he was an angel called Lucifer, and Lucifer was the archangel of knowledge, right? Lucifer was the angel of light. He doesn't have to pretend he was, you know, but they, you know, I think they've always existed. And, and I think that, you know, when you, you read about wars and rumors of wars and these kinds of things, I think they're the ones behind the scenes that are pushing people toward having a war. You know, we're pushing people toward make, making choices that hurt other people. You know, at least on a grand scale. I, I've never believed that, you know, there are people that it's like, well, I was driving down the street and a rock shattered my windshield. Satan did it. Satan didn't do that. A rock, a rock hit your windshield. I'm talking about on a more gross, large scale. They, they are the ones that, that do the bad. 
you know, a lot of people like to talk about light workers. Well, they're the inverse of that. They're the, the, the darkness workers, so to speak. Okay. So are, are do they have superpowers? Do they have? Achieve your financial goals with Sunbelt Federal Credit Union. With just a $500 minimum deposit, you can access high-yield certificates. 10 months with 5.27% annual percentage yield, or 18 months with 5.33% annual percentage yield. Visit your nearest Sunbelt Federal Credit Union location and learn more at sunbeltfcu.org. That's sunbeltfcu.org. SFCU is federally insured by the National Credit Union Administration. At Arizona State University, we offer a variety of programs online designed and taught by a renowned faculty to empower your success. That's why 87% of ASU online graduates stated they were promoted or received an increase in salary after earning their degree. Visit asuonline.asu.edu. Have uh, powers from Beelzebub himself, or, or how does this work? Superpowers is relative. Um, I think that if you, you talk to anybody who who does uh, magic or ceremonial magic, there is a certain amount of power energy that you can channel and do things with to affect reality around you. It is possible. So insofar as, yeah, I think that they probably have the same kind of powers that you have. The difference is, is that they're very, they're very highly trained, so they know how to use it where you don't. You, this isn't something that you do on weekends or nights, or this isn't a passion of yours in that capacity. So you, everybody has it, but they know how to use it. I think that's the difference. Okay, so are they real people, or are they? No, they're as flesh and blood as you and me. In fact, the hallmark of the Black Lodge is that they cannot ascend. So they are their ascended masters stop them from crossing the, the great abyss. So they're not able to ascend like you and I could. Okay. Why? Although I don't I don't know that I'm awesome enough to be able to do that, but I have the possibility. All right. So how come they are not able to ascend? Well, it's it, because it, it's about control. That if their version of the secret chiefs, right? allowed them to ascend, then those those secret chiefs or the, the negative version, their ascended masters would be put at risk because they could they could overwhelm them, the the adepts and the maguses and the mag, magi. They could ascend and then dethrone. It's like the Sith Lords, right? There's one Sith Lord and one Sith apprentice. And to become a Sith Lord you have to the apprentice kills the master. That's the same kind of model here. Is that in order, in order for a Black Lodge member to ascend, he would basically have to engage in spiritual warfare against an ascended master and defeat him or her. Okay, so I know it's, it's a lot to wrap your head around. It, it is. It really is. So, are there are there people battling this group? Is is it a spiritual oh, yeah. battle? And yeah, there's a spiritual war. Absolutely. This, if you if you believe in in ascended masters, like the secret chiefs and others, you know, on occasion they'll come down to you and push you toward doing something. Whether they communicate with you through ciphers or they communicate through balloons, like in Hellier or 
however they communicate to you, they may ask you to do something and you won't understand why. But if you go do it, then you're helping them to, to fight the darkness in your own way. But no, they absolutely, there is a war. There is an absolute war. So is it, is it the spiritual war that we've heard from since biblically? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would, I would suggest to you that it is. And, you know, for example, I knew, I knew someone not well, but I knew someone who was involved in this kind of stuff. And, and her interest in her interest was in something called Goetia. And she would use, geometric shapes and sigils and things to conjure up entities, you know, demons and angels, and you can do both. And eventually she ended up killing herself. And I think that she tended to focus on the left-handed path and she was trying to summon demons and the devil and things like this too, because there's more power there. There's a perception of more power and she thought she could control them. Well, she ended up, killing herself and and i would i would argue that they drove her to it because on paper there was no reason she should have and there was a thousand and one reasons not to even if she was disturbed she had all the reasons in the world to go and to get help and she had plenty of people watching her and making sure that that she wasn't it was there was no you know checking in with her constantly and whatever she still did it so I would argue to you that in her case, she was probably pushed toward it. And that's how they function. They push. They nudge. It's subversive. It's a subversive group. Is, is this where we get into symbolism, where we see people say, you know, I mean, people are always saying that, you know, Jay-Z and Beyonce are, are always flashing like Illuminati type of hand symbols when they're, you know, performing at the Super Bowl or at the Grammys or something. Is this what it's kind of about? Or is that just looking a little too far into it? No, I think this is what it's about. I think that what you have is, I think that what we commonly perceive to be the Illuminati is actually the Black Lodge. But I do believe that there is a quote-unquote Illuminati secret society that a lot of rich and powerful people belong to. And they do send, they do send messages to each other. And they, they use numerology and symbols <clears throat> to communicate. And so when they do do this, you know, or the, the kind of, right, you know, they're sending a message out to other people who know what that means you know, saying, hey, I'm aware of this, or I'm a member of this, or I'm doing something. In some cases, you know, what, if you have somebody who's really invested in something like that, their entire concert could be a, what's called a working or a ritual. You know, I went to I went to see a band called Hylum, and it's, it's kind of no, Norse music, you know, a lot of, like, throat singing kind of stuff, right? But their, their concerts are actually rituals. The entire concert is a ritual. But it's a ritual for good, that it's trying to put goodness back into the world and love and, you know, to try to counter, counteract the effects of, like, the Black Lodge. But on the same vein, you know, if you have somebody who is deeply invested in the Black Lodge and they are doing a concert, for example, or having a TV show or doing a radio show even, they, they could actually make that concert a ritual in and of itself. In fact, there's an argument that the Rolling Stones did that at Altamont. 
that the actual Rolling Stones concert at Altamont was was a ritual, and the guy that was killed by the, the Hell's Angel uh, was a blood sacrifice. Wow. It goes a lot. I, huh? How much does celebrity have to play into this? Whether it's political celebrity, movie celebrity, music celebrity, or even athlete. Well, I mean, obviously you want to influence these people. I don't, I'm sure there are celebrities that are card carrying members of the Black Lodge, right? But I think a lot of times the way that the Black Lodge works is that they're subversive and they engage in subterfuge. So they're, they'll become friends because remember, they're doing magic, you know, in the garage. They're, summoning things and saying okay i need to get close to this guy and then i get close to this guy and then i can push him nudge him in the directions that i want to achieve my goals which are the goals that were communicated to me by my masters you know in all magical societies and all cults and all secret societies there's a concept of the master and there's a concept of the apprentice or the adept the master's in charge tells the 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 apprentices and the adepts what to do and then they go out and do it right so in this case the the master would send the message to the adept and say okay make this guy go do this you know kind of nudge him in the way and it's it's like a death by a thousand slices it's little movements here and there that get bigger and bigger and bigger until you have a you have a massive working you know with the babylon working when when um parsons tried to open a open a portal and to bring down the the uh the homunculus you know he didn't just cook that up one day you know he believed that that the secret chiefs or actually he believed that the goddess babylon spoke to him and instructed him to do it and gave him the instructions but you know he did a bunch of trials he kind of built up to it and then one day he did it so you know none of these things happen in one day you know, this is really the long con. This is really the long game. It may you may be a Black Lodge member for your whole life, doing little bit tiny things, and only at the end do you see the culmination of a lifetime's worth of work. But that's true of the secret chiefs as well. Okay, explain to people who the secret chiefs are. You have mentioned them a few times already. Sure. So, so in in certain systems of magic especially for the secret chiefs, it's based on the, you know, the golden dawn and, and Thelema. The secret chiefs are, are a group of ascended masters that, that were humans once, but ascended. And so now they, they are the protectors of humanity and they help guide us spiritually toward a kind of spiritual utopia. But you might think of them as, as you know, the nice ascended masters that want to help you do the right thing and, and, be a productive member of society, be a good dad, be a good brother, sister, be a good mom. You know, the secret chiefs want to help you. They want you to ascend. They want you to be a spiritually complete person. So they're, they're kind of the leaders of the, what they call the white lodge. But in reality, it's kind of the lodge of positivity, right? You know, when I get scared and I'm like, Oh, protect me. You know, I'm like, Hey, secret chiefs, you know, in my case, it's also Haniel the Archangel Heniel, but it's like, Heniel, secret chiefs come and, you know, protect me. Right. And they do, they do, you know, if, if you're not a selfish person and 
You're trying to do the right thing. Order like a saint at Raising Cane's with tailgates of hand-battered chicken fingers and cane sauce and jugs of freshly made tea and lemonade. You can guarantee victory for every game day meal. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. One love. (laughs) Official chicken finger of the Saints. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. That they will protect you to some degree. Okay. So... Where is this located? Is it up in the stars somewhere? Is it a heaven-based place? You know, is it at a Taco Bell? <laughs> you know, I think the Secret Chiefs invented Taco Bell. Because <laughs> I really like their quesadillas and their uh, their cinnamon twists are my favorite. Mm-hmm. But no, it's it's an ethereal thing. It's They exist in a spiritual realm, realm the ether, right? The, the, it exists in between. You know, it's that in-between space. So is it a heaven? Sure. You know, that's, I mean, I, we all wonder where we die, We go when we die. I think you go to the ethereal plane. Right. Right. Okay, so. This is blowing your mind, huh? No. Well, I mean, it, it's hard to accept that this is going yeah, on, okay? Until it happens. But Dave, I want to remind you that it, when you think about how hard it is to accept it, remember your own interaction with the Secret Chiefs. I don't know if I've ever had them. You did. Remember when I got called three times at 3.33 in the morning by you and there's no record of it in your phone? No, I had the record. You didn't have the record of it. Right. <laughs> and remember, we went through that whole exercise and, and the, the the browser opening on the on the cell phone and that was the Secret Chiefs. She told you it was the Secret Chiefs. Greenfield told you it was the Secret Chiefs. So, that was the Secret Chiefs. Well, we have to tell that story now. <laughs> you so, tell the story. <laughs> all right. Jeez, it was so long ago. It's well. We'll start out by I went. I went to a party and I got drunk. Yes. And I got really, really, really drunk, and and I fell asleep. And I was in that drunken sleep, which is you don't wake up. And yes. so I, I got, so I, at 3.33 in the morning, which for anybody who knows about this stuff is, is a very significant time, right? I got three phone calls at 3.33, three minutes apart from Dave. Because what had happened was at 3.33 on my end, I got woken up by a phone call from Olaf Phillips. And when right. I when I picked up the phone, it went click. Like hang up. And then I went, you know, I put my phone back down, picked up my phone again because it was ringing, and I said, "Hi Olaf," and it went click again. Right. And I called you back saying, "Hey dude, yeah. is everything okay?" Because now I'm getting worried. Right. And, and I have no record of it. And I left you a voicemail. Then after that, you called me back at 334. Right. And I pick up and I went, Olaf, is everything okay? And all I heard was, do, do, do. And then click. 
And as soon as I heard that do, 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 and it's, believe it or not, it sounded like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You know how they go, do, 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 do. But this was just do, do, do. And all of a sudden, this symbol came into my head in every color of the rainbow. Colors you can't even describe. Colors you cannot even describe. Okay. And it was like two long horns but they, and a diamond at the bottom of the horns. But they weren't connected, if that makes any sense. So the horns came down like Texas Longhorn type of horns on, you know, and then a diamond at the bottom. And... We still never figured out what the symbol <clears throat> I have no idea what the symbol is all about. And I'll be honest with you, it still it still messes with me. Yeah. But that's that's because okay. dealing with the secret chiefs is an overwhelming experience. There it is. Yeah. That's it. Just like that. And so you got you got your friend who was a remote viewer. And she was able to see the person who was trying to communicate with you. And she described perfectly a, I want to say it was like a 19th century French occultist that Greenfield's like, I know who you're talking about. And we were able to communicate with him. And he said that he was, he was contacting you at the behest of the secret chiefs, but we never really determined why. Yeah. And then the, then upon that happening, we all started picking up a, two remote viewers. And it started right. with this lady who kept on saying, you can't see me. You right. can't see me. And, you know, I will tell you, I won't say the remote viewer's name. Um, she was sh- shortly after that, she cut off all communication with me. I'm not surprised. Yeah, she cut off everything to do. And... I'm to this day, every now and again, I'll see her Facebook profile, uh, come up on my Facebook. You may people, you may know, and I try and add her and she never adds me back. I think what's important. I think what's important is that that part where you're seeing there, you're hearing that you can't see me. That's the black lodge. Because you can't see them. But the problem is we did see them. Exactly. They don't like that. It was a lady in a, in a like dressed in a 1930s style uh, hair. Uh, she may have had a hat on and her, her, she was wearing like a long red raincoat type jacket, right. bright red. And then there was a gentleman there who was dressed up in a very fancy suit with a darker you know, he had the f- black fedora on and he was wearing, you know, he had a long, you know, trench coat on as well. And I think that's the, that's the one that, I, that Greenfield identified as the 19th century uh, French occultist who we were able to communicate with. You but, see that, that in and of itself, you know, you've got somebody from a black lodge and they're trying to, trying to confuse things. But that's, that's what it's like. You know, if you go into a trance and you try to communicate with the the secret chiefs, what you get back, you know, it depends. Like, it depends on what you're asking for. But, you know, I, 
I've seen movie reels, you know, because one of the things that I always tell them is, Hey, you know, whatever you're going to tell me, can you tell me in terms that I can understand and rationalize? Because if you just communicate with them directly, it's so confusing because they're, they're non-corporeal. They're ascended masters. They, they, they don't have the capability to, to speak to you like I speak to you now. They speak to you symbolically. So, you know, I have to try to get them to tell me what I need to know through symbols or, you know, something that I can rationalize. But that's, you had your own experience. I mean, if you, if you doubt their existence, I mean, you, you talk to them. Well, you, you talk to their emissary. Well, it does happen sometimes, I guess. It, does, it really it does. does. Olaf, we have you for another half an hour, and we're going to encourage yeah. our audience on on X and on YouTube to uh, ask away some questions that they may have for you yeah. as we continue on okay. with Olaf Phillips on the Black Lodge. Secrets of the Black, Real Black Lodge Revealed. It can be found on Amazon right now. There are no books like it. It's one to add to your collection. We continue on Spaced Out Radio right after this. I just want to uh, apologize for losing my temper the last half hour, okay? Um, I don't lose my temper often. Um, Being Ukrainian, the whole thing in Russia is very, very sensitive to me. Uh, and Ukraine. That is very sensitive to me, uh, considering that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for my great-grandfather uh, stowing away and getting the hell out of the country at 14, 15 years old after watching his brother get shot by the Bolsheviks in the head. Okay. Um, that being said, I also know what's uh, happened as I've been following it, like any Canadian has, with the idiocy of our parliament and everything to do with what happened last week. Um, And that one's a little sensitive right now as well. Okay. And so I apologize for losing my temper last half hour, but the one thing I will never, ever put up with, okay, is people trying to pull this aha katya bullshit. I won't put up with it. Okay, if you want to have a rational conversation, let's have a rational conversation. Don't try the aha katcha. Well, you just said this. You just said, no, I did not say that. Go back and listen. Okay, I don't like it. It pisses me off. And that is what is killing our entire community is these aha katcha moments of people taking an entire paragraph and whittling it down to three or four words to to um, suit their agenda. Okay? So I apologize to you guys that I lost my temper. It's very sensitive to me, um, the entire subject. And, um, you know, I... I, this is why we don't talk politics. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Some people take the straight path in life. But at Arizona State University... 
We respect your twists and turns. They make our online students more driven to excel in their professional lives. That's why our personalized suite of services empowers you with innovative resources and staff that sticks with you. Make your next turn with one of our 300-plus programs at ASU, number one in innovation for nine consecutive years. Visit us at asuonline.asu.edu to learn more. Because I, I could fly off the handle in a second with the stupidity of everything that's going on up here um, with with our government. Never mind what's happening in the U.S. You think you have it bad in the U.S.? Check out what's happening in Canada right now. Hi, Lynn Sows. How you doing? Um, but it is horrible up here. Okay. It is horrible up here right now. And, um, I could get on a political rant very, very easy. And I have to bite my tongue on that. I really do. And, um, I would love a Canadian political show because I would eat these pricks up. All of them. I don't care what party they're a part of. Okay. But I just want to apologize that that was out of, uh, that was out of context by me. And uh, that's not cool. I got to have better control than that. But it just, it hit me. And like I said, you know, I wouldn't be alive today if a 14 year old boy, uh, scared as hell, didn't run off to the Crimea in order to, uh, save his own life after watching his brother get murdered by the Russians back in 1918. Thank you, W. Decker, Debster, and T-Bone for the great super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the continued love and support that you guys show on a nightly basis. Thank you to all of our new subscribers. Uh, don't forget to ring that bell and share the show, everyone. You know... One of the things I can't believe is when I go to look at our our YouTube stats is how our shows fluctuate between about 1,500 and 3,000 views. And that's great and everything. That's great. But if you could share the show, I want one of those shows that gets up to like 40,000, 50,000 views. I don't know how to do it, but I'm working on it. If you could do that and help us out that way, that would be um that would be very cool. Hi, Big Cat. How are you? Made in USA. How's it going there, America? Um, what else? Make sure you have May 10th through 12th, 2024 on your calendar. Why? The third annual SOR fan party. That's why. I mean, we talk about bad times. So let's talk about some good times here. We're going to have a great time. i got special guests coming in for all of you to meet, people that you hear on this show that they want to meet up with you guys and they want to hang out with you. And we're going to have a, a ghost party. We're going to have a ghost tour. We're going to have a VIP party at a lounge. We're going to have um, a special night vision watch for UFOs for you guys, just Open like last mind. year. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun just like we did last year in Vegas. And I want you to be a part of it. Uh, I haven't put tickets on sale yet, but uh, we're going to get more information out to you soon. And if you haven't already, if you're not one of the 23 people, okay, go join the Space Travelers Club. It's on Patreon. And if you're looking for the description, the link, it's in the description below on our YouTube page here. Minimum five bucks a month. And we got some cool stuff. We got some cool, cool stuff here. We go. 
We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. We really much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. And hey, we're on every major podcast network, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go. Olaf Phillips, we have him until the top of the hour, talking about his book with Alan Greenfield, Secrets of the Real Black Lodge Revealed. And Olaf, one of the things I want to ask you, as anybody could go get that book on Amazon, is writing this was very very tough for you. It was, it was. very difficult. It took years it very... to write this book. Why did it take so long? So part of it, part of it was that, that I started out with writer's block. Something was basically preventing me from writing. Um, you know, I had, had, I had talked to Alan about it and we had kind of talked about doing it, but it just, I couldn't do it. Like it just wouldn't come out. Um, and then once I conquered, started to conquer that, it was trying to find the information. You know, the, these guys, they don't like being seen. They don't like being found. So finding the information and trying to put the pieces together to come up with an archetype of what, it, what a Black Lodge adept is, it's tricky. It took over a year to write it. What is the magic that you keep talking about? You've mentioned the word magic probably 20, 30 times during this interview. It's, it's life force. It's energy that we all have. And you can manipulate it and the things around you with it. So you can send energy to other people. They can send you energy, right? Um, You can um, summon things. You can ask questions. You can get answers. You can affect the world around you. But at the end of the day, it's that kind of life force energy that exists in all things. And it's the harnessing and the channeling of that life essence energy and the energy that exists in the universe. Because remember, what do they say that electric or that, you know, energy cannot be destroyed, that it keeps perpetuating. Well, there's, I mean, we have mountains of it all over the place from the big bang. So that this kind of energy, ethereal energy exists all around us. Right. I, I, I can so see. Okay, so it's not magic as, can we call it black magic? Is that what true black magic is? Well, black magic is one implementation of it, right? The, the black magic, voodoo, hoodoo, you know, uh, Thelema. I mean, there's a bunch of witchcraft, you know, there's spiritualism. I mean, there's a lot of names for it, but at the end of the day, you know, black magic is simply the use of magic in a bad in a black way, meaning dark, negative, left-handed path. 
so yeah, sure, black magic is a part of it. Absolutely. Well, black magic, yeah. black magic can mean a lot of things because just going back, not even seventy years ago, it was black magic if you wrote with your left hand. Right, but that's that's just ignorance. That's not necessarily black magic. That's ignorance. Right? Well, well I, I agree with you on that. Uh, yeah, but that's not magic. Uh, my magic old, is more my like- old farm farm girl grandma. She almost beat the hell out of my dad's teacher as a kid because he kept the teacher kept slapping his hand for using his left hand. Yeah, in school. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. grandma. And, and trust me, if you felt a punch from my grandmother, she's ninety six, almost ninety six years old. But I'll tell you, she still has fists of steel from the years that she but spent working on the farm. But that's. You know, they they did that even when I was a kid in the eight, early 80s. You know, they were still trying to get people who were left-handed, you know, to to uh, be right-handed. And, yes, there is no black or white magic. It's all neutral. That is exactly what I was trying to say. The essence, this ethereal energy, it's absolutely, they're correct. It's it's neutral. It's, it's about how you use it. It's like a car, you know, a car is can be a good thing or a bad thing. It depends on, do you know how to drive it? You know, how you drive it. Let's go to Phil here. Are bloodlines intentionally kept within the circle of Black Lodge? No. Bloodlines have nothing to do with the Black Lodge. The Black Lodge is is purely, it's purely capability. So this is where I'm saying that we misunderstand what the Illuminati is is that there is what we would perceive to be an Illuminati with bloodlines and all this other stuff, but they're actually, the Black Lodge sits behind that Illuminati and tells those people what to do. So I've always believed that the Illuminati is actually the aristocracy, right? Because they're all intermarried, you know, and they're all related to each other. They all have just horrendous amounts of money and power. And so I think the Illuminati is the aristocracy, but I think the people that the Illuminati... Remember, everybody has a boss. Everybody always has a boss. So who's the boss of the Illuminati? The Black Lodge. Okay. So yes, with that with that being on. said, okay, you know, you, is this where we get into the families like the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and, and people They're like tools. that? They're tools, not the creators? No. They're the implementers of the Black Lodge. The Black Lodge tells them what to do. Hmm. <laughs> right. You get the ramification of it. They're, they, you know, everybody says, well, the Rockefellers, and, and every, they want to run the world, and, and they want to depopulate the earth, and they want to do this, and they want to do that. Who gave them the idea? They just came up with it one day. Right. Okay. So following, following this up, you know, as, as we learn more about it, because this is so beyond my, my concept, but I, I need to get back to Bigfoot. Uh, Yes. Yes. Is Bigfoot a part of the black lodge? No, no, no. (laughs) You know, he's a wonderful woodland forest creature. Yeah. By the way, have you seen one yet since you moved to Oregon? What? Have you seen one yet since you moved to Oregon? I live in California. I live in the Sierras. But yes, well, wherever, I, I think I, I, wherever you huh? are, you're always somewhere. I live in the Sierras now. 
And yes, I, I have, I have not seen Bigfoot, but I have heard, I believe I've heard Bigfoot. Nice. We'll have to talk about that sometime. Okay. That's another show. <laughs> That's definitely another show. That's the beauty of I'll Olaf Phillips as a guest. We can bring him in here and talk about anything. Well, I'll tell you some Bigfoot stories that I heard that are local here in Tuolumne County. We're, apparently Tuolumne County is one of the largest uh, Bigfoot sighting areas in the world. Wow. Wow. I was talking uh, earlier today, totally off subject. I was talking earlier today with a logging truck driver. If, if you want to get weird stories, man, you get it from a logging truck driver. And he was telling me this story about, I said, do you ever see anything like strange, weird lights in the sky or anything while you're driving? Sure. He's, like, he's like, dude, he's like all the time. We just, yeah. we just have a job to do and we get her done. You know, Dave, I, I was, I was out hunting and I'm, I'm sitting there waiting for something to show up because most of hunting is waiting for something to show up, right? You don't, you know, and so I'm waiting for, and I saw something that was white streak in front of me. Like I just went, and I don't know what it was, but it was white. It was a blur out in the middle of the forest on the side of a mountain. You see all kinds of weird stuff. And I, I think I heard a Bigfoot when we were out there. My, my, uh, my fiance and I, we have a disagreement. She maintains that everything we heard was a bear. I heard something throwing boulders, and that's that's Bigfoot behavior. Total Bigfoot. But Bigfoot is not part of the Black Lodge, though. Bigfoot is not yeah. part of the Black Lodge. Okay, so the, one other question that I have regarding, uh, you know, this the, these people or whoever is involved. I mean, everything that you have stated tonight about this Black Lodge it's reminded me a lot about for, like a lot of first nations legends and lore about about uh creatures like skinwalkers where they've sold their soul for immortality i mean this almost yeah. sounds like the same type of thing here same kind of thing yeah black lodge doesn't they don't discriminate whatever magical system you use they use it to their advantage so if I if you know I'm I like the chaos stuff. So if I go join the Black Lodge, I come into the Black Lodge as a as a chaos practitioner. They're not going to say, "Well, you're not a Thelemite. Get out of here." They don't care. They just want to use the energy to, you know, to redirect humanity, to stifle humanity, to oppress humanity, and control humanity. That's their stated objective. Are they winning or losing? I don't know. I mean, it's pretty chaotic out there at the moment. Hmm. So I would say that the struggle is real. I mean, you know, we look around and it's, uh, oh, Big J. Yes. Uh, they, well, they're not members. Okay. So the question was, is the Thule and Droll Society part of the Black Lodge? They are not part of the Black Lodge. They are influenced by the Black Lodge. And we have an entire uh, chapter that I wrote about the Thule Society, the Vril, the Anunnaki, and, and all that stuff about how they were manipulated by the Black Lodge. Uh, I also go into the Hexen Group, which was an SS division of witches, um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But yes, no, they are not part of the Black Lodge, but influenced by the Black Lodge. So members of it are Black Lodge, but the actual Thule and Vril Society are not. Black Lodge. Simon wants to know how does one join the Black Lodge? 
Simon, <laughs> Simon, if uh, you ask, you ask them, you tell them you want to join. Well, it's, it's not. It's, it's not like you could. You, you could Google their phone number. It's not like you know Scientology no. or or you know the Skull and Bones or anything along those lines. It's um, you have to do it magically. You have to magically request. But I would suggest you tell your friend it's a very very bad idea. Read the book and you'll see why. What are the dangers? What are the dangers of being part of the Black Lodge? Well, it's it's the it's like they're like vampires. They 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 suck everything out of you. That they they destroy you. You know, it's it's literally like the equivalent of signing a deal with the devil, right? You know, you 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 sign a deal with the devil to become rich and famous and. And so the devil makes you rich and famous. And then the next day you get hit by a car. You know, it's that kind of thing that they, there were some very good descriptions of Moonchild where the, the black magician is talking about the structure of the black lodge. And it, they really do take everything away from you, but you willingly give it because you're, you're, you're getting this power. You know, it's like, I, because, you know, it's, it's that kind of, uh, I can have any, the, the ends justify the means, you know? So it's like, I want that girl over there. Boom. I can have her because I have so much power. I can manipulate, you know, reality. And so I can make her come to me. But the trade off of that is that, is that my soul is rotting from the inside and any kind of wealth I had, they're taking it and any kind of power I had, they're harvesting it, you know? So they're, it's a very destructive thing. The a Black Lodge adept at the end is just a husk. They they take everything and they destroy your life. So do do members know other members, or is it so secret that no, they do in a limited way. It's kind of you have to think of it as kind of like you have to think of it is kind of um, in terms of like a terrorist cell that they're the terrorist cells will be beholden to a leader, Al Qaeda. You know, that would be the, the ascended masters and you'll know the people in your cell, but if they're moving around the world and they run into another member, they will know another member when they meet them. Phil wants to know, Olaf, do you eat breakfast for dinner? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love having corned beef hash on toast for dinner. Terrible. Pancakes, waffles, absolutely terrible. I try to keep the carbs down, though. Yeah, carbs are very much black. There's black. a reason why they're called breakfast foods, or Olaf. Okay. No, I do eat breakfast for dinner. It's terrible. The I thought, I thought you were a better man than that, but I'm sorry, Dave. I failed you. Yes, there this are interview is pretty much over. Questions. So why continue? Are, are there are there high end wizards in the Black Lodge? Those are maguses, and yes, they do exist. You can be. You can be a magical practitioner at any level and be in the Black Lodge. And they have levels, so you can move up. Lynn wants to know, our religions are supposed to be the light beings, but are the people focused on fighting the dark cults? Our religions... I think our religions in general are supposed to 
yeah, they're they're supposed to give this positiveness, but I think a lot of times they're co-opted and and they focus less on on the message than than on their material problems. There, there's a, a, a televangelist in, in Florida, you know, and he his name is Creflo Dollar, and you know he justified buying a, a twenty million dollar or twenty million dollar Gulfstream because he was afraid that God would try to communicate to him. How could he communicate to God and coach? The truth is that if God wants to communicate with you, he's going to communicate with you, whether you're a coach, whether you're in the, the cargo hold, whether you're levitating outside, it doesn't matter. But I think a lot of religions, they lose sight of what they're trying to do and they get focused on, on you know, the material. Because this is an immaterial thing that we're talking about, right? Oh, very much so. Very, very much so. And good old Creflo, by the way, did not end up getting the plane because his, his, con- <laughs> his congregation said, no, the current G5 right. you have is good enough. Yes. Uh, yeah, the $16 million G5. you right. got to live with that one, Creflo. <laughs> yeah. Rose would like to know, what does this have to do with the historical Illuminati? So I think and I, I'm working on a book about it, but I think that the Black Lodge, to obscure who they are and what they're doing, they hide behind this, the historical Illuminati. And I think that they, at least elements of it, foster the creation of a newer Illuminati, hence the, right, to, as a me- means to organize people that they could manipulate. But I think they hide behind the stories of the Illuminati so that you don't know who they are. And by the way, the person that asked about the what's around my neck. Hey, checking in. This is not just a flu shot appointment at Walgreens. You want both the flu and COVID-19 vaccines while you're here? This is getting two shots in one trip. And picking up a little fuel, too. Schedule your appointment online or stop by a pharmacy today. This is wellness made easy. Walgreens. Vaccine subject to availability. State, age, and health-related restrictions may apply. This is a, a uh, <clears throat> this is a Bigfoot made out of beads, uh, done by a local uh, Native American artist that I know. It, it has good has good medicine, so I, I put it on to protect me while I'm talking about the Black Lodge. Do you fear any repercussions from this book? Of course. Um, I've already had them. You know, it, while I was writing it, you know, it's like a black cloud hanging over my head. You know? I mean, now that it, now that I've done it, I've written it, it's out there, you know, it's subsiding. It's because once, once you release it into the world, then there's nothing they can do. But it's, it's out there. But absolutely, basically for the last six months, about anything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Relationships with people, you know, health, uh, financial stuff. I mean, it's an attack across the board. The last six months have been pretty miserable in my capacity. So how do you protect yourself from that? Well, there's a variety of ways, you know, one is to engage 
the secret chiefs, Henny L, the universe, and whatever your belief is, and ask for protection. Say, hey, I need help. You know, pray to whoever you pray to and ask for help. You know, there's no problem with that. Um, iron, I've got iron spikes driven in, you know, at the corners of my property to keep bad things out that are, are blessed. I was doing the, the LBRP, the archaic version, the super powerful version of the LBRP on a, on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day. You know, I salted, I mean, I did all kinds of things about anything I could think of to try to protect, you know, it, my, my family and my house and the people I care about. I did. Well, that's very cool. That, yeah. that, that's very cool that, uh, you, you took care of that. So, you yeah, know, try. do they in the revenge factor go after family, friends, health, bank accounts? They, they will hurt you in any way they can. They will hurt you in any way that they can to make you be quiet. So are we in danger for doing this show? Oh. I was in danger for writing the book, but once I published it, that's the end of it. It's gone away now. It's starting to subside. My my father almost died. You know, he had a health emergency that, you know, we were like, it's lasted for months, and we had no idea. Until one day it went completely south, and it was bad. It was very, 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 very bad. And it was just like it slaps you on the head. But, you know, he got through it. He's he's fine now. Everybody's okay. You know, all because the book got published. <laughs> Once the book was published, it, you know, it it kind of settled down. But it, in my dreams, I mean, walking past people at Walmart, I mean, I'm not joking. I was walking through Walmart, this person with about the worst mojo that you could ever imagine, just looked like a normal person, walked past me. And as they walked down and came from behind, and I could just feel the negativity, like the, 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 a sphere of negativity. And they walked past, and as they were walking past, they, they looked back at me over their shoulder, and they glared at me. It had this kind of like spooky smile. Just kept, I mean, that's Walmart. Were you followed at all? Not that I'm aware of. But they don't have to. They, they wouldn't have to follow you. They know where you are. So it's more about like remote viewing, astral travel type of stuff. Yeah. Astral projection, you know, invading somebody's dreams is horrible. Yeah. You no, know, they attack you remotely. They, they come to you. <laughs> they come to you. Okay. We got less than one minute to go here with you tonight, Olaf. And I really appreciate you taking the time to to join us and to you know be a part of this show once again you're always such an incredible adventurist with us tell everybody where they can find secrets of the real black lodge revealed you can find it on amazon you can find it on barnes and noble you can find it pretty much anywhere they sell books um you can find me on facebook i'm just a lot phillips just go you know look me up i'm there um, I'm Captain Tiki, Captain Tiki Show on Instagram. I have a radio show now. Uh, my mentor, Dave, convinced me to have a radio show and I had the opportunity. So I have a radio show on a little 
uh, a little community radio station here uh, in the in uh, the Sierras called KAD uh, LP, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna get Dave on. Dave will be my guest. Damn it. <laughs> One day, hey, dude, my how friend. do you feel about the block launch? One day, one day, my friend. Ola Phillips, everybody. When we come back for hour number three, Steve Stockton from Among the Missing has another creepy story for us. Then, right after that, Robin McRae will be here for the Cryptid Report. Stay tuned. Another great hour of Spaced Out Radio coming up right after this. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate oh, thank you. Thank you. I love, I love being on your show. You're awesome, and your audience is awesome. But I hope it was okay. It was all right. Good show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very much so. Let's talk soon. Okay. Okay. You call me. All right, buddy. And I'll be there. We'll do. May 10th through 12th. Take care. Ola Phillips, everybody. I'll be right back. Hold on, old Davey forgot his shoes here. There we go. Be right back.
right. Old Davy is back. Thurston Howell III, nice to see you. And a big thank you to Lord William, W. Decker, Debster, and T-Bone for the great super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support, guys. And if you're new, thank you for hitting subscribe and ringing that bell. So we are here seven. Oh, excuse me. We are here seven days a week for your listening entertainment. Space Travelers Club is open. You can join us for as little as five bucks a month. Go to Patreon. Type in Space Travelers. Foxy Joe, how you doing? Welcome to SOR Chat. The link, by the way, is in the description of the show on YouTube. Here we go. We got like five seconds. Roderick Martin, my twin. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. Much love. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to see you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Carencia. Carencia is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon for the Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the night where we say hello to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing's YouTube channel and another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Now, there have been reports from hikers who have walked long distances on the Appalachian Trail without encountering anyone else which can lead to feelings of isolation and unsettling thoughts. In a few cases, investigations have suggested that there may be unusual things to discover while on the trail. First up, Dudley Town, the cursed village. The quiet town of Cornwall was settled in the mid-18th century, much like many other areas of Connecticut. The first Dudleys from England, via Guilford, arrived in the Litchfield Hills in 1747. They played a pivotal role in forming a prosperous community, then known as Owlsbury, primarily driven by the burgeoning iron industry in the region. The settlers constructed homes, farmed the land, and forged iron, leading to the town's growth and prosperity. The town's eventual demise can be attributed to various factors, such as the depletion of farmland, the decline of the iron industry in the area, and the natural progression of younger Americans moving westward to settle new lands. 
However, some people believe that the Dudley clan was cursed, as many Dudleys met an untimely demise and this curse extended to the village they founded. For reasons unknown, the population of Dudleys decreased over time and eventually dwindled to a point where the last resident abandoned the remaining town at the start of the 20th century. The surrounding forest gradually consumed the homes and buildings, leaving only a few decaying foundations and empty cellars as remnants of what once was. There is a widespread belief that those who have attempted to reside in Dudley Town have experienced terrible misfortune. Supposedly, there have been numerous incidents ranging from self-harm to demonic possessions causing a great deal of hysteria. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren even filmed a Halloween special in Dudley Town during the 1970s, official declaring it demonically possessed. This declaration essentially paved the way for supernatural occurrences. The location has been a site for numerous reports of paranormal activities, including sightings of apparitions and ghostly figures that elicit feelings of fear and unease among visitors. Unfortunately, the area has also caught the interest of individuals obsessed with dark powers and satanic practices, along with many inexperienced ghost hunters and mischievous adolescents. Consequently, it has turned into a place associated with evil and doom. It's important to note that the supposed curse of Dudley Town has primarily been proven false, with even a descendant of the Dudley family, Reverend Gary P. Dudley, debunking the myth. However, despite the lack of actual curses, supernatural occurrences or dark tragedies in the town's history, people still enjoy sharing spooky stories about it. The ruins of Dudley Town are located on private property owned by the Dark Entry Forest Association. They strictly prohibit all visitors, local and state police, will arrest and prosecute any trespassers. Creepy and weird once again from our good friend Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. If you want more just like that, just head on over to Steve's YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash among the missing. Hit subscribe and ring that bell. You get all th hundreds of stories just like that for free. From the mountains to the monsters. Filling in for Super Duke on the Cryptid Report. It's the lovely and talented Robin McRae. And here we go. <laughs> Robin McRae, who is sitting in her vehicle in her pajamas. I am. Probably. No, I'm not, I'm not in pajamas. <laughs> probably making a late night run to Taco Bell is here with us tonight. <laughs> Are, are the cryptids around your house wanting some uh, tacos, or what's going on? Yeah. No, I actually, after you called me and said Duke can't come, I did put clothing on, so I'm not in the pajamas anymore. No, they. I normally go out, like, on the porch so I don't wake anybody in my house up, because for me it's 2 a.m. on my time. And I did that today, and apparently there's things walking around in the bushes because it was setting all the dogs off. They were going crazy. So I was like, forget it. I'm going in the vehicle. So I'm sorry, guys, if it looks really dark. Next time, if I do that, I'll park under the lights. <laughs> well, you know like, you know what? Maybe they just wanted to come up and, and do the show with you. I mean, we could have had it. See, I think that's what it is. That A lot of times when I do shows, they do come up in the bushes. It's like they know you're talking about them. 
But yeah, they were outside. I just got home from Florida today. I've been gone for a week um, for business stuff and friend stuff. And I, I just got home and they were like in the bushes making noises when I got here. So, <laughs> Oh, goodness. They were happy that you got you finally got home and wanted to see all yeah, everything that's going I don't on. know, but they were happy. Happy, sad, or whatever. They were loud. Are, are they as curious about what we do on a daily basis as we are them? Oh, more so. Absolutely more so. I always tell everybody it's funny because while we're out there looking and spying on them, they're out there looking and spying at us. They watch us a lot more than we watch them. What because a- they, you know, we they're always spying on people that don't know anything about them or aren't looking for them or whatever. I mean, they will watch, look at the people that do, but a lot of them, they don't even know these things exist, and they're out there just watching them. What, what is curious to them about what we do? I think everything. Like, we really perplex them. They don't understand our ways, just like a lot of our people don't understand theirs. You know, it's not just we look different. We look as scary to them as they do to us. But, you know, our mannerisms are different. Our culture is different. And it, I think it's it goes both ways. I mean, we want to study them and learn more about them and find out about them. And they're the same way with us. Like, we perplex them. You know, and I tell you, they're always saying, you know, silly, hairless humans, silly, hairless humans. Like, they think we're ridiculous. <laughs> and they don't understand, you know, they work as a collective under the law of one. We don't. You know, we should, but we don't. And they don't understand why we are as bad as we are. You know, that's why they they survive and we fail, because we don't work together. Everybody's, not everybody, but, you know, a lot of people are out for themselves and not working together. I mean, if we all pooled our resources and worked together, you know, what a great place this planet would be. You know, we have a lot to learn from them, but yet we don't. Robin, the idea that this, you know, that the we talk a lot about Sasquatch on this show, and, and it's very understandable as to why, you know, because we are, you know, very interested, and many of us, including myself, have had this type of, of, of involvement, interaction with this creature. You know, but there are a lot of other cryptids out there that we may not oh, yeah. be given enough credit to outside of Dogman and Bigfoot what is lurking in your area that you have had communication with um at the house here cat people definitely you know werewolf um this weird cryptid that's running around here I don't even know what to call it you know it's got like bun it's it's the back of it is over five foot up and it's got haunches on it like a rabbit. But then the head of it is shaped more like elongated, like a deer, but with a bigger head and it's elongated. And the ears are very long, but they sit right on top of its head next to each other. And it leans back, you know, and then we have, of course, we've the lizard man here. I've had reptilians here. ETs are here all the time. Um, just pretty much anything, you know, we have not had a goat person here. I have had a puck wedgie here, but I haven't had a goat person here. I've talked to goat people before, um, but I've not had one at my house, so to speak. 
Okay, so and I get a lot of a lot of dimensionals, a lot of little people, um, various things like that. Anything that'll come through the portal. So, what's a puck wedgie for people who may not know? Honestly, I don't know. I'm being very honest with you guys. I don't know a lot about them. They're not good. They tend to band together, and they are not kind at all. Duke has had shows on World Bigfoot Radio about them. I was really surprised one showed up here. It was if there were more with it, I never saw it. I got a picture of one, and they're very aggressive. You know, they like to pull pranks on people, but they are not kind at all. They are not a good thing. So, what exactly do they look like? The one I have, it had more of a pointy ears with it. The head was very odd. I mean, it wasn't overly tall. It it reminded me more of like you would see on a fantasy show of like a dwarf or whatever, but it doesn't it it doesn't look human. It's got the one I saw had looked like kind of like spiky things on it, and it had real pointed ears. Chin was relatively pointy. It was very weird looking. I've never seen anything like it in my life. But they, they remind me not of a human. They remind It reminded me more of like some type of creature than it did anything human. And I'm sure if we were to do genetics on it, it's going to show the same thing that everything else does. It's a hybrid cross with a human. But it doesn't look human. It looks more like some kind of freakish thing you would see in a sci-fi movie. Weird. Have you ever had encounters with these cute, cuddly... Ewok-like beings that seem to just appear. Uh, they're very teddy bearish. They're very skittish. I've heard a couple people uh, who've had encounters with them. They don't know what they're called, except they look like Ewoks almost. Yeah, I have not had those here. The closest thing I've had to that was, you know, some of the Bigfoot kids that are really hairy, you know, will, but they don't look like an Ewok. And I've not seen it. I've actually talked to people that have said that they've seen something like that, but I've not had that happen at my place. Like I said, I get the lizard man here. Definitely have cat people here. Talk, you know, talk about the but, lizard man. I The one that was here, and I actually have a photo of it, and it wasn't as aggressive as what you would think. You know, lizard people, and I've talked to them for different people before, they don't care for us. They want nothing to do with us to begin with. They just want to be left alone to do their own thing. And they can get really aggressive. And there have been cases in South Carolina where I live where people have gotten killed by these things. You know, and there's been other cases in southern states that have had them where the people that have had them near them will talk about how aggressive these things are. Now, when the one was here, I had no idea it was out there. That I really and truly didn't. I was checking outside the dogs were going crazy and i figured it was another foot and i looked back there and he was just standing in the bushes watching the house but he never showed signs of aggression like i got a snapshot of him from like the shoulders up of his head and he looks just like a lizard but and he was probably six and a half seven foot tall but i never got aggression from him. he never did anything he was there and then he turned and he walked away and he was gone Normally, they are very unpredictable, and they are not good. I mean, they are not a good cryptid, you know. I mean, everything has good and bad in them, but any reports on these things, they are highly aggressive. They are highly dangerous, and I know they're extremely strong. I mean, most of your cryptids are. The one here, if it did anything, I never found evidence of it, but it was also by itself. 
you know, it's standing in the back of my property looking up towards the house and there's 14 dogs running around, you know, my backyard's fenced in so they couldn't get to it. But I don't know if it was intimidated by the dogs, you know, because a lot of my dogs are big dogs, but it, it actually didn't do anything. It turned around and walked away. And then after it got probably four or five feet away, it cloaked. Very strange. Very the strange. The cat people, I don't ever have problems with cat people. I've had cat people around for years. And I just have never had a problem with them. They're one of those things that if you're not bothering them, they're not bothering you. And the one I have here is a female because she had a youngster. And I've never had one bit of problem with them. Ever. My The dimensionals, I've got so many dimensionals, you never know what you're going to get anymore. And I don't have problems with them. Like, I really, you know, they've been good. And dimensionals can go either way. Like, they just like doing their own thing. But they can go either way. There's good and bad and everything. They're not all bad. They're not all good. They're just, they exist and they have their own world. And the elementals are the same way. Elementals are just happy living and thriving in the woods. I get both of them. But I've not had problems. But I've been really lucky because I don't normally have a lot of problems with any of them. At my place. Now, I get called out on different sites where there's problems, but I generally don't have problems when I get called somewhere with elementals, dimensionals. I've never had anybody call me with a problem with a cat person at all. You know, I've had a couple people get hold of me for goat men. The goat men, when I've talked to them, I don't think they're as bad as what everybody thinks they are. Um, they didn't. I didn't have problems with them when I talked to them. They just want to be left alone. They are not really overly curious about us. I think the one was watching somebody, but that's all it did. They just want to be left alone. They don't want anybody in their space. They just want to be kept to themselves. They're not, you know, like the Bigfoots will come up and they watch us and the dogmen will watch us. Goatmen really, I don't, you know, occasionally you'll have one that'll get a little curious and watch, but they keep a distance. They just, they can get aggressive. They don't want to be bothered. Like when you get in their territory, they don't want you in your their territory. They just seem really sad to me. Like, you know, the Bigfoot, they have a sense of humor. Dogmen can have a sense of humor. The goat people just don't seem to at all. They just want to be left alone. You know, the werewolves, they seem to be fine. You know, and, you know, you think of a werewolf. These are not like you see in the storybooks where the humans are changing into werewolves and everything. They just call them a werewolf. They don't, the one that I have here, he's been lovely. I've never had a problem with him. But I've not had problems with the dogmen around me either. I've gone to areas and dealt with problem issues like that. And I've talked to problem ones, but as far as to come here to the house, I've not had that problem. Okay, back to this lizard person for a second. What's uh-huh. the difference between a lizard man and, say, an alien reptilian? Well, an alien reptilian is actually just an ET. It's the race of ETs that they are. When you get to the lizard man, the difference is... I. Again, we don't have DNA to test it, but I would bet everything I have on the fact that it would come back human, lizard, and ET. And, you know, there is a race of ETs that are reptilian. And it's really hard to tell them apart because I've seen both. But the reptilians I've seen, you know, I've not seen any that had like the big long tails like the lizard man has. You know, there's been some that might have had some a little bit, but not like you see in a lizard man. And the reptilians are, they're just pure evil. They're, they live off planet. You know, they come down here to do what they're going to do. And some live in the inner earth where your lizard man, they're just here. They were created by the ETs. 
they're another type of a human hybrid that's a three-way split from what I've been told and what I've been able to find out from them and observe them. They have a whole different mindset. You know, I don't think they've got as many abilities as the regular ETs have. And I, the lizard men, other than like when you're talking about a Draco, the lizard men are much bigger than a regular reptilian ET. Right. Okay. So do they live in swamps or they buy alligators? Oh, um, no sound. Do, do they live in, in swamps? Do they live in, uh, in yeah, alligator like infested areas? Yeah. The lizard man tends to like more of the swampy areas where they can get in there. I mean, they're just like any other lizard. Um, you see them more around bodies of water that is more swamp like they tend to get down in those swampy rivers and marshes and stuff, and that way they can go undetected. And for, you know, people seem to see them more and have more encounters there. Bishopville, South Carolina, you know, there's a famous um, situation that went on many, many years ago. Two people got killed in Bishopville by one of these things. You know, and, like, I did a um, conference for Dr. John Samey. It was a lizard man festival. And we, you know, different people came up and talked about it. And the swamplands in Bishopville, they still swear they're there. Really? I mean, we have a lot of swamps where I'm at. I was very surprised to see one here. That was not on my radar at all. I really did not think anything like that would show up. I was very surprised. We have two minutes to go here before we got to go to break. At the bottom of the hour, the Cryptid Report with Robin McRae. On with us right now, filling in for Super Duke. Robin, how about gnomes? Okay, we, we tend to see people, you know, that, you know, I have gnomes yeah. in my studio here, and and I've been told by people like David Weatherly that these gnomes can come alive at any time, you know, and people put them up in their gardens and, and in their little atriums and, and places like that. Uh, have you had to deal with any gnomes? I've seen a couple of them. Um, I will be honest. I didn't know anything about them coming to life, like, you know, out of the statue form. I'm not going to say it's not possible because that's not been my experience, but that doesn't mean it's not true. Um, I have seen a couple of the gnomes. Gnomes, you've got to be careful because they can be really tricky. And they are not, they're not these cute little fun creatures. It's like fairies. Everybody thinks fairies are all sweet and lovable. Fairies have a lot of power and they pack a punch. And they are not always nice. So gnomes are very much the same way. You know, I've ran into a couple of them. Um, little people as well. The little people, I think, are, are not too bad. I've, I've had encounters with those. I've had them in my house before. But your gnomes can be a bit tricky. They, you know, they've got some power behind them. They know how to use it. And they're pretty shady. How do you protect yourself from them? You know, I know a lot of people have different ways. The only way that I've ever found that was successful is I do the energy work. It pushes everything bad back, and anything bad that tries to get through the energy walls gets blasted. So that's been real successful for me. Now, I know people that have done, like, the whole thing with the salt to keep them away. They've done different crystals to keep them away. I think everybody has their own way of doing it. Myself, because I do so much energy work, that's just my go-to. You know, I, I do the energy work around... They get too close, and I push them away with the energy or bubble it or whatever so they can't get in, and it's it's been successful for me. Very nice. 
Very nice. Robin, hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour, our final break of the night. Robin McRae is here. Make that Robin Haynes is here. There you go. I'm getting used to it. I promise you, Robin. I'm getting used to it. That's all right. You're all good. All right. She's single and looking, boys, but you got to be a Sasquatch no, in order to pick her up. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Cryptid Report continues after this. <laughs> See, you didn't hear the last part of that where I said, but you got to be a Sasquatch, boys. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that I can handle. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so how are you doing, sweetheart? I am doing uh, very, very well, and um, <clears throat> I'm actually, you know what? I had a pissed off day today. Did you? I did. Um, last year, I took my son to a concert for one of his favorite bands. It was his first concert, and the band is coming back to Vancouver next week. I bought, oh, cool. I bought tickets a month ago. And because he's only 10, I make sure that before I buy tickets that there's no age restrictions at the at the venue. Right. So I go to pr- uh, put my tickets on my phone today and find out now there's an age restriction. And, oh, no. And there's nothing I can do about it. And because I didn't, I bought my tickets through StubHub instead of Ticketmaster, I can't get my money back. Oh, that would be making me furious. So I'm I'm out right now, 138 bucks. It's not much, but either way, I'm still out yeah. But that it money. still adds up, and then your son's disappointed. Well, I talked to him today, and he's like, "Daddy, are we still going to Guns and Roses?" And I said, "Yes, we are, son." F yes, we are. Yeah, I'd go. Yeah, so I mean, tell him he's eleven or twelve. They're not going to ask for his birth certificate. Just if they ask for his birthday, to just the birthday, no, I'd up, go up anyway. Here it's, up here, it's nineteen. Really? Yeah, because uh, the place that they're having it is in the Commodore Ballroom in Vancouver, <clears throat> and technically. It's considered a bar. That's too bad. Yeah, so I'm probably going to... I would be mad, too. Yeah, I'm probably going to um, sell the tickets, or I got a couple people that I know that, you know what, sometimes maybe this is one of my ways where I can uh, give somebody uh, uh, something to smile about. So I've got a couple people in town here that... I might uh, try. Uh, Lord William, no, I wouldn't go to the band without my son. I, you know what? I went when I took him to his first concert uh, last year. Um, I, I fell in love with being at a concert with him, and and sharing that memory in that moment. And so I just, I don't see myself going uh, to a concert outside of uh, or anywhere without him now because we just had a lot of fun. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So I love that. <clears throat> so I look at it like e- eventually, 
you know what? We will have, uh, excuse me, everything uh, ready to go and everything will be fine. And I actually, the one thing about the band that, that he, um, that he likes is they're pretty social media savvy. So I actually sent them a, a, a note on, on, uh, Facebook just basically saying, Hey guys, you know, my boy really, we, we were really looking forward to the show. Unfortunately, uh, like when I bought the tickets, there was no age restriction, but since then there's an age restriction at the Commodore ballroom in Vancouver. Uh, when you come back to Vancouver, could you please for your younger fans, maybe look at venues that don't have an age restriction because it's not, yeah. it's not the, it's not the, uh, the band's fault. It's their their booking agent's fault. Okay. Right. <clears throat> okay. The band's just there to play. They just want the tickets sold. You know, and, and why not? They're there for the fans and to play for the fans. Problem is sure. you have a lot of fans who are younger and now can't go because you're in a nineteen plus age to you know, have to uh you know, minimum nineteen years old to, to enter this uh facility. So, right. you know, uh, I feel bad, um, but there's nothing I can do. So maybe next time, maybe they'll read my note and they'll say to their, uh, to their tour manager or whoever, say, hey, next time we're in Vancouver, let's try and get back to another sure. place where we don't have, where our fans of any age can join us to rock out, you know? Yeah. So, you know, hopefully it works. If it doesn't, that's okay. You know, we'll we'll just see him again sometime. Robin, hold on yeah. right there. We only got about five seconds. Thank you to Lord William, W. Decker, Debster, and T-Bone for the great super chats tonight. Here we go. Here we go with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Talking cryptids with Robin Haynes. And we will get to her momentarily. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. Robin McCrae, make that Robin Haynes, is back on Spaced <laughs> Out Radio tonight as we are looking at all sorts of weird, strange cryptids going on. We were talking about gnomes right before the show started or this last half hour started and Robin, thank you so much for being here. Very much appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. I love you guys. And I appreciate you having me on so much. You're amazing. And I have to say you have got such a great audience. Like I get messages from people that watch the show when I'm on and they are so kind. Like it just blows my mind how kind these people are. So you are so lucky and blessed because your audience is amazing. Like they send me the nicest, kindest messages and it means the world to me. It really does. Well, that's really nice to hear. That's really nice to hear. Yeah. We love our audience here. 
and they're so intelligent. Yeah, they're awesome. They very much are. I have a couple questions for you. Let's start off with Mike here. Robin, serious okay. question. In a fight or conflict between Bigfoot and a bear, say a grizzly bear, who would win? Oh, a Bigfoot every day. Every day. I can't imagine a bear that they couldn't shred in a heartbeat. No, I would bet all my money on the Bigfoots. What about Bigfoot Dogman? You're going to come up with, it depends on the individual, because you're talking about two beings that have got just incredible strength. Um, you know, it, it's going to depend on the size. It's going to depend on the age, the health of the individual. I think you're looking at a pretty even fight. I really do. I think the Bigfoots might still pull it off, but it's pretty even because some of these dogmen are massive. And, you know, it's going to come down to the age, the size, you know, all of that. So I think that it's pretty even. I think Bigfoot wins on sheer power, sheer yeah, strength. I agree. And then and size. A, 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 a giant suplex off a 30-foot Douglas fir tree. <laughs> and then he hooks the leg for the three count and yeah. wins. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking, the biggest one I've been toe-to-toe with was 14 feet. I mean, you're talking about something that is so massive, and your dogmen don't get 14 feet. They get big. Don't get me wrong. They get massive. I just think that, you know, as far as who's going to win this, I, I would still put my money on the foots. I really would. Me but too. again, it's going to come down to the individual, the age, their health, and the size. We have heard so many reports over the years of creatures like Bigfoot and Dogman being shot by hunters or whatever. How come these creatures never go down? How come we never hear of dead ones that are being, you know, after taking a 50 caliber rifle shot or, or multiple rounds from an AR-15? They actually, you know, some of them can be killed. It depends on... Where they get shot. You know, that chest plate is incredibly, incredibly thick. The bone on the skull is incredibly, incredibly thick. It depends on the shot. And, again, you, you're talking about ones that have par- that use their... They all have paranormal abilities, but if they use them, they can stop it in a heartbeat. They really can, and they can make... I've, and I've been around people that it's happened. Not that they were taking shots at the, the Sasquatch, but tried to use the gun and it it gets malfunctioning you know there are stories after stories about how that happens they can use their energy and the frequency they have to jam a gun it just comes down to the where are they getting shot at what is the weapon that they're being shot with they are not an easy thing to bring down and the problem is people don't realize that if there's one there they function as a collective if you take one down, you better be prepared because you got a whole hell of a lot of stuff coming at you. And they don't forget. They don't forget. They don't let it go. Their culture believes in an eye for an eye. So if you take one of them down, they are going to mess with you for the rest of your life if they don't kill you. You will never get away from it. And they believe it goes generation to generation. It's just the code that they work under. It's so, 
I mean, to begin with, nobody should be shooting them anyway. They're a relative of ours, even though distant, it's, they're still a relative and they are a human hybrid. But the thing is, there's variations. To, I mean, people have killed them before. But they also don't give up their dead easily. If you actually, you know, the government has some that they've gotten, of course. Anybody that's ever really gotten any, the government comes in and takes them. But they don't give up their dead easily. They do a funeral. They bury them. You know, they do a lot of things. But when you go to try to shoot, when you're talking about a chest plate that's so thick and that the brain, the head, all of it. And by the time you get that shot off, you have no idea how many are going to be coming after you. They do. I mean, they're all connected. You take one down and you're taking a bunch with it and they are not going to let it happen. It's just not advisable. It really isn't. Are they fast healers? I think to a degree, yeah. They do. I mean, the healing is done with energy. I've done healing work on them with energy. And they do. They heal pretty quickly. I mean, it's opposed to us. But they get illnesses. You know, they get mortally wounded as well. Okay. So... I remember reading this dog man story a number of years ago where a young man was coming home from doing some shooting with his friend, riding his bike home, you know, on a dark road, sees or hears this creature in the trees kind of following him as he's riding. The faster he rides, the faster the creature moves, and eventually he stops his bike, he hears the creature keep going, and then steps out onto the road. And he puts about eight or ten shots into this dog man type creature. Okay. And after those eight shots gets pretty much a telepathic message that that was a bad move. Okay. And the creature starts slowly walking towards him. No limping, no nothing. This kid jumped on his bike, ran uh, races as fast as he could into a different area, lost the creature. I think he went back to his friend's house locked himself in the door and never saw it again. Okay. So in a situation like that, how would that creature be able to survive eight point blank shots? It depends. They, they do what they call an energy shield around them. And I've, I've actually seen where they've done this with different animals in the woods that they've used as pets. It's like the energy bubble, but it's an energy shield. And it's a frequency and energy combined. And it will literally repel some of these shots. I've seen it happen. Not being done at a cryptid, but when they've had like a coyote or whatever that they've got running with them. And somebody's tried to shoot that coyote. You'll watch the bullet go right towards it. And then it just drops. It never hits them. Never hits them. And I know, you know, anybody that's done a lot of research in the field with cryptids or with the ETs knows that prolonged exposure to them because of the high level of energy and frequency that they have can cause health problems on us because our bodies aren't made for it. And so it's because of what they radiate. And it's the same thing when it comes to this energy shield. Now, I, as much stuff as I've learned by them and from them, I had no idea about the whole energy shield till several years ago. And I was around them all the time. And I finally got to when I when they told me about it, they said it helps protect them from things, gunshots, one if they've got it up. If they don't have it up, it's not gonna help them. But other things, and so now when I'm interacting with them, I always say to them, Will you please bring the energy down, bring that shield down because it's not safe for me. 
If you want me here with you, bring it down. And they generally will, unless they feel threatened. If they feel threatened, it's up and there's nothing going to get through it. Can you see this shield? Not really. I mean, I think for me, like, I can feel it when it's up because I'm so sensitive to that stuff. Um, If you get too close to them, some people will pick up that they feel a little bit woozy or dizzy or whatever, and it's from the energy that radiates off of them. But if they're in a paranormal mode, they can repel that stuff with it anyway. And I know how crazy it sounds. I really do. I mean, it's taken a lot of years for me to accept a lot of the things that they do. So I get how nuts it sounds. But they do have these abilities. It's just a fact. And they can repel a lot of things with them. Does that mean that they can't be killed? No, it doesn't. Unfortunately, I wish it did, but it doesn't. They can still get killed. But it just, again, it goes down to the individual. If they are using the paranormal abilities, if they're using it, if, if you know, if they're ambushed and they don't know it's coming, Justin Smyja killed some, you know, he by the element of surprise. They weren't prepared for it. They didn't defend themselves. And, you know, we did a sam- one of the samples that was in the Sasquatch genome study was in it. But, you know, it just, again, it depends. If you've got a group that they are, yes, they use the telepathy and the cloaking, but they don't use any other paranormal abilities, it's easy to get them. If they don't know you're coming and it's the element of surprise, it can happen. It can, you can bring them down. But if they think you're coming for them, and, and this goes with all the cryptids, you're not really going to get your desired results. Okay, so <clears throat> we're out in the forest. You and I were walking around having a joyous time enjoying nature. What's going to attract any type of sighting to us? Whether it's a dogman, whether it's a Sasquatch, a gnome, a puckwedgie, or let's just say anything friendly, so to speak. Your energy. If you're out there and you're enjoying nature and you're laughing and you're having a good time and you're joyous, whenever you have good thoughts in your mind and you're upbeat and you're laughing and you're happy and enjoying yourself, it raises your vibration, it raises your energy, and that draws them to you like a magnet. They love that. That's why I always tell everybody, you know, when they contact me and they're like, how can I get interaction? I'm like, quit chasing them. Just quit chasing them. Go in an area you think they might be, sit down, have a bonfire, or just sit there with a group of people, laugh, enjoy yourself. It draws them to you. It really does. They like the energy that it brings, and it that upbeat energy raises your vibration. It raises your energy level, and that's what they're drawn to. That's why they're drawn to a lot of people. Everybody says, you know, why this person? Why that person? Well, take a look at that person. If they're an upbeat person, if they're a joyous person, if they're a happy person, that frequency and that energy is up and they love it. Um, If you find a person that's very depressive all the time, very angry all the time, you're going to find a lot of the bad stuff there because they have that dark energy around them and it draws the dark stuff to them like a magnet. How quickly do they pick up on bad energy? Immediately. It's like a neon, you know, when you have good energy because you're happy, it's almost like this invisible beacon that goes up in the sky, you know, like the bat (laughs) signal and everything sees it. But when you're down and everybody gets down at times, nobody's upbeat 20 all the time. I mean, we all have our moments where we're down, but when you stay down perpetually, it is. And even when you, as soon as you come down, even one time, things pick up on it. 
And then what they do is they come in and they feed off that dark energy and they will literally blow up your world to keep you in that state of dark energy. And it's like if you're going to go to a restaurant to a buffet. You know, that's why with the people I work with, when they get in the and, you know, they get in those moments like that, I'm like, get your butt outside, get your shoes off, get your feet on the ground. Let's pull some energy from the ground, which it always helps. The earth is the biggest energizer battery that there is. And it's all pure. You pull that energy up and it makes you feel lighter. It makes you feel better. You know, that's what I do. Anybody can do whatever works for them. But a lot of people, and I, I do teach the energy work classes and stuff, and that's what I teach them there too. It works. It changes that frequency. It changes the energy. You feel better. You feel more relaxed. You're happier. You're, you feel more energized. And it does help push the bad stuff off. I can see that. I can see that. You know, is this why we see a creature like Sasquatch way more curious of children when children are out in the forest and they're playing and they're laughing and they're, you know, playing hide and seek or, or, or oh, yeah. toy cars or, or riding their bikes or volleyball, whatever it may be. Well, is, is this what attracts them? Is that, is that happiness? If you say it's energy? Yeah. I mean, obviously def I mean, they do, they, they're joyous and you know, kids are innocents. They really are. Most of your kids have not decided if they're going to be good, bad, or indifferent. And that most of them. And so they're, they're still what they call pure, what the Bigfoots call pure of heart. Now, you have to be careful because just like in our culture where we have pedophiles and we have kidnappers and things, they do as well. But primarily, they're not out to kill these kids. They're not out to steal these kids. But they will watch them. They're highly, highly... Um, motivated to protect these kids if they see kids out playing by themselves they think they're a child without a clan they will grab them because they think they're protecting them and they're on their own and so you know with my kids all my kids were raised with these things around and it was just we all had the buddy system you know and if they heard because they can imitate voices. If they heard their name being called out in the woods and it sounded like it was me, if they did not see me, they were not to go. They wouldn't get in trouble for not coming when called. It was they had to physically see me to know to go. So we were we were careful with it. They have never bothered my children. My granddaughter that when she was five years old, they used to play with her. They would take rocks and they would roll them across the ground to her and she'd pick them up and she'd roll them back. And she loved them. I've never had a, a problem with them, but I'm also one that I don't trust anybody with my kids and my grandkids. I don't care who you are. You know, that's your most prized possession are your kids and your grandkids. And so I was always that, you know, overly careful where we had things in place to make sure nothing bad ever came into the area and would possibly hurt them. But they are attracted to the kids because they are joyous. They are having fun. They're laughing. They're having a good time. You'll see like a group of kids playing and it's not uncommon to see them nearby watching. You know, you also find kids that get lost out in the woods and they're brought back by a Bigfoot. Because they want to help them. They're not all bad. They're not all kidnappers. But, you know, they generally they are attracted to them because of the energy that they radiate. And they still consider kids as being pure of heart because they haven't been turned good or bad yet. Hmm. So 
when the kids are involved or around, shall we say, how often are the Sasquatch in their area? Like, is it uh, now I'm not saying like a, like an elementary school or something along those lines, you know, I'm saying, you know, camping or maybe there, there's a baseball diamond that's kind of out, out of town. My guess is they watch quite a bit. Um, when I would take my kids out in the woods with me, my kids were never behind me. My kids were in front of me so I could see the first child and I had the ba- the last child right in front of me. So my eyes were on them at all times. At all times. Never were they allowed to walk behind me or anything like that. They were always kept in front of me. They never had a reason to be concerned. They never did anything to give me a reason concern. It was just being proactive. You know, you don't know what you're going to encounter. You know, it's like if you go to Walmart, how many children have been kidnapped in Walmart? Multiple ones. Because you don't know who's going to come through those doors. There may be like 99.9% really good people there, and that 1% is a bad person that came in. And you don't know. It's the same thing. So when I would go out in the woods with my kids, and my kids went out daily with me in the woods, I never had a problem. Never. But I was caught careful. You know, and I was, I felt that they were safe, but I made sure to put plans in place to make sure that it, it stayed that way. And like I said, they used to play with the kids. They played with the grandkids. They used to go, my boys would sit and they'd have, all my kids had TVs in their room and cable. And they would go and the boys would come out and say, mom, we just looked out our window and there's these two big hairy guys out there sitting Indian style watching in the window towards the TV. And I said, what? And they said, yeah. And as soon as they saw us watching them, they stood up and walked into the woods. You know, I mean, they are. They're attracted to the kids. The kids are joyous. They're happy. They're excited. The one thing about a child is their energy level is up. All of those things attract them. Gotta love it, Robin. Gotta love it. And, <laughs> and you know, it, it's... It's something that, you know, it just gives you another reason that when you're in the forest, you never know what is watching you or your kids. It's not just an animal maybe trying to hunt them down for small prey. It could be something a lot more curious than uh, Mm -hmm. in in order to make itself, you know, known to itself. Robin, we always get people wondering where they can find more information from you and your incredible studies into this research. Let everybody know where they can find you. Sure. You can find me on Facebook under Robin Haynes. It's H-A-Y-N-E-S. Or you can always email me at R-L-Y-N-N-E and then a period F-O-R-E-S-T-P-E-O-P-L-E at gmail.com. We love you around here. and I I I love you too. I think Super Duke will be back in a couple of days, but I will keep you posted because... Our audience loves it when you're here. They really do. Okay. Well, let me know if you need me Thursday or not. (laughs) Well, you know what? You are somebody who we always have on speed dial because you never know. know. You never know when Super Duke has a date with a female Wookiee. I know. You know how he is with his Wookiees. Yeah. So what are you going to do? He throws on that that, uh, old uh, high karate musk that he got from his grandfather back when he was like four years old. They love him. They love him. They absolutely love him. (laughs) Robin, you take care, okay? 
We'll talk to you, you soon. You take care, sweetie. Bye, everybody. Thanks for showing up. Thank you to Bye. Robin McRae and Olaf Phillips for a great show tonight on Spaced Out Radio. What a night of magic that we had, isn't it? We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.